0: Serious 197, XM202, the virus. The Ron and Fez show starts right now.
1: Okay, let's get down to it, boppers.
2: And you might have lots of mimes. Uh uh-huh, uh uh. I hate the feeling when you're looking at me that way. Cause we're North Americans. But if we act all shy, it'll make it okay. It makes it go away.
3: Ah, uh, buddies. It's the run and face show. And since uh, you never know who's going to be on the uh, floor here at Sirius XM. Oh, wow, that went away fast. Um, kind of an in-between, right? Yeah, in-between. Oh, forgot this mic is... Yes, <laughs> that mic is fucking destroyed. Um, so Vera Formiga in the uh, building coming in, in here in just a couple minutes. Uh, You know her from The Departed, Uh, Up in the Air, Source Code, last week, and the new one with Keanu Reeves uh, is called Henry's Crime. She's doing very, very well for herself.
2: Amazing. She's awesome.
3: And the weird thing is, Hicks, I can't get you in any movie. I I can't get anything going with you, and every time I turn around, she's in another flick. I feel like I'm getting blacklisted here. I don't get it. Um, well, one of the things that I was told that we got to get you an 8 by 10 that they have no idea what you look like, and there's no resume.
2: Headshots, I guess, yeah. they called.
3: Uh, Polo is, uh, pushing me very hard about getting a book, oh. and I go, dude, you have to have a book proposal, and he wrote me back just saying, here it is, I'd like to write a book, I got a lot of stuff. Just an email? Yeah, that's not the proposal. There's a way of doing things. Alright, so Vera Farmiga, say it for me, Farmiga? Vera Farmiga. Vera Farmiga is uh, she just did uh, Source Code uh, out. uh, She's got a brand new movie called Henry's Crime. And again, you know her as The Hot Chicken, The Departed. uh, And then, of course, The Hot Chicken Up in the Air. But she also does these really cool indie films. I highly recommend Down to the Bone. Have you ever seen this? I've not seen Down to the Bone. I will tell you this. If you see this film, you might go to a meeting after. Oh, no. You might go to a meeting, so it could be good for me. Then it could be good for you because I don't see any reason. I, I don't see any difference the way she's living there and what you're doing. Oh wow! Um, but anyway, let's uh, not uh, waste any more time. Uh, let's bring her in, Vera Farmiga. Now, if Sharon Jones is singing, Vera comes walking in, because this happens now. Aww. A couple movies, you've had a Sharon Jones opening yeah. song.
4: Yeah, Isn't she unbelievable? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's amazing what actually she does for a film and um, how how music composition um, just makes a film even more full, full-bodied.
3: Isn't it uh, unbelievable how that can work? And you guys, almost in this new film, she was... Uh, all Throughout it,
4: she is the spirit of the yeah. film um, with gravitas, but whimsy and lightheartedness, sexuality, yeah, sensuality you know, it, it, it informs it so beautifully. Uh,
3: Henry's Crime, which uh, was this Keanu Reeves uh, a piece that he wanted to get on for years, or how did that
4: he did? It's surprising, yeah. isn't it, that um, an uber film star, yeah, like Keanu, will take. F- even for someone like that, it will take five years to um, to get it off the ground. To get Isn't it, it
3: crazy? Yeah. What are, what happens in Hollywood where it's so difficult for people to get the kind of work out that they want to? I'm
4: not sure. Isn't I, I don't know. I, I I really don't know. I don't know. Um, economy. It's a, for economic reasons. I think also there's just people used to go to the theater. Right. It used to be a celebration. It used to be a sort of a, uh, the equivalent of church. You go in with this massive congregation. You look up, <laughs> yeah, upwards, and 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 you know, good stories are spiritual. So so, and hardly anybody goes to the theater anymore. And it's like, you know, there's so many different and wonderful ways to other venues, like personal devices. I mean, people are watching. The sad thing is, people are watching films on little personal devices on the
3: phone and watching it for 15 minutes and coming back to it
4: and yeah and um and so you know selling tickets and, and film it's harder and harder and, yeah and so you know, people are sort of second guessing second guessing what what sell, you know how to sell tickets and
3: but it really is true what you've said though that that it still can happen that you get into a film and all the other stuff just leaves, and you have that experience, and hopefully it's that human experience. Like you said, the spiritual part of it, I think that you're talking about, is just a connectiveness that you can look at a film and go, yes, this is mm-hmm. kind of life-affirming. I know this, or I've learned something from these characters. I can mm-hmm. think it back out. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the 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 wild thing for me is looking at your career. You could have, I think, taken your career and put it back in the 70s. You are grabbing at movies the way some of my favorite actors from the you know from the seventies have done I don't know how you're able to pull it off in this environment
4: that's a nice one. yeah that's a nice way thing i um hmm. God, those are the films I watch too, yeah, you know and i I'm an Academy member now, and they send me films, and I wouldn't be. Watch, I wouldn't necessarily. I, I, I always opt to watch those films. Yeah. You know, if I'm if I'm taking time to from my busy schedule to watch a film, it's usually a film from from that time. And those were character-driven pieces. Those were those were not formulaic. Those were inventive and uh, unique, and and films that also I think where the directors really had a chance to be auteurs. Right. Directors were given full control. Um, back then, of of, of storytelling, and um, and now I, I think it's I think it's different. It, it's like there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen.
3: Well, what's kind of interesting is when you go back and read about that, they kind of got full control because the studios didn't know what to do anymore. The studio system was kind of broken, and maybe that's happening again. Maybe things have to break down before mm-hmm. some grass grows up in between the parts. You know, yeah. but what but I, what I love that there are certain people, and you just. Um, you know, mention the fact that you guys got this film off. That you're going to do it. You're going to find a way to do it.
4: Sure. Yeah. Look, it's the character is adorable. I don't often get a chance to do zany right. comedy. Um It's it's good shtick, but but um, and I'm a helpless romantic, and it's yeah. it's a goofy love story, and. Um, and I don't often get to a chance to play neurotic. Right. <laughs> I oftentimes like, play women that have it <laughs> together. Powerful. Or at least appear to have it together. Yeah. And uh, and I loved her neuroses. I love her candor. Mm-hmm. I admire that in people. And this is someone who just runs her mouth without edit.
3: Well, the, well, like you said, instead of this one being like a 70s film, this was almost like a 1940s film. It yes, had that, that great bulk. pop. But sure. well, what was great, I just had Duncan Jones in here last week, and we were talking about how subtle you were in source code, we mm. went through the whole thing, and because it's almost like you did a Skype movie, your face it was just up. That's how it felt, right? And so mm. we were bragging about the subtlety of you, and then, the ne- and then, like two days later, <laughs> I go and see this film, and it is like a nineteen forties comedy.
4: Yeah, madcap screwball. Yeah. Um, a lark. Yeah. It, yeah. um Fun, and I think both were challenging in in, in those different respects. I mean, both characters are very. Um, different. I mean, source code was it was a challenge in with limitations. It is. I was very much. I felt like mm, I was eye chatting. <laughs> yeah. And um, even knowing that the closer I would move in. Yeah. To the camera, the more distortion in my face is like. <laughs> you had to. Um, it was all just pretty much here. It was like an ocular. <laughs> right. Standoff, and and um, and and those limitations were challenging for an actor, and, and usually when you're you've got your hands tied you find other ways of maneuvering but that but that was what was most exciting yeah. the limitations were actually most exciting to me about, about that role and and with her she's all over the place um, and um and large she's bold she's a diva you're right <laughs> so
3: but unhappiness the funny thing is is it's a comedy where just about every character enters unhappy you know there's mm-hmm. a And Buffalo is like the perfect backdrop, you know, because there's this light depression to every single character. Every character is looking for something and uh, it becomes this perfect storm at this theater, which is great.
4: It does. All these characters end up igniting each other. I mean, we all know what it's like to just get caught up in a rut of stagnancy. And Mm. it usually takes, you know, if you can't kick, jumpstart yourself, it it takes another human being or, or the notion of love to uh to open you up again and um i think it 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 is a a story about not dilly-dallying but fulfilling your personal hopes and dreams and knowing what they are because henry's crime is not knowing
3: (laughs) right that is his crime yeah almost of being the nice guy almost being the guy you know i think it's almost like you can take zen too far where Mm -hmm. you just (laughs) let it so you're no longer even part of it anymore Mm -hmm. um how do you pick a, a film though for you? Because it seems like you're doing such a terrific job at it. But is it nerve wracking? Do you is it based on the script, the director? Who are you picking for?
4: It's always something different. It's yeah. always just, I just want to be surprised. Yeah, I really just want to be touched and um, excited. I mean, I'm, I'm a mom and, and a wife, and you know, if I'm going to take time away from my five month old and my two year old, then it's got to be worthwhile, and uh, it's got to. Be fortified with vitamins and <laughs> minerals and all uh, you know and 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 uh, just look for relevant things or just things that honestly i mean henry's crime was was just it depends it it depends sometimes it's a collaborator sometimes it's a story sometimes mm-hmm. it's just the character sometimes it's a it's a trip to South Africa
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah every once in a while
4: but there's usually yeah and and you know and and keeping the kids in diapers, you know right. um so it, it's a different thing. Yeah.
3: Even when you pick a Hollywood film, it seems to be the cool one, though. It seems to be the one that's a little different.
4: Huh? Um, I, t- I try to make them different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oftentimes, I am frustrated. I mean, the I look. I think good stories are good stories. They're they're found in the independent world. They're found in um, in big studio pictures. Um, but I, I feel like I work work harder to to nuance a character in uh, in big budget films. Maybe it's just the luck of my draw <laughs>
3: it, yeah, it's tougher to pull off for you then the bigger it gets mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, you got to
4: work harder to dimensionalize it I find
3: to me the in in terms of showing recovery in a junkie foot down to the bone is the film of mm-hmm. all time for me, mm-hmm. and for I've that. talked to a lot of other people about that before in the rooms, and there is something so different about that the fact that it's. That it shows it closer to the to reality than anything I've ever seen before.
4: Mm, the story about addiction and, yeah. and recovery, grappling with one's addiction. a um, film by Deborah Granick. She gave me my first opportunity to to um, oh, to carry a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it wasn't for Sundance showcasing our work, I wouldn't be here talking. <laughs>
1: talking Is that to right?
4: You. Yeah. And that film has been my calling card. Um, and and that's a that's a couple. And, and Deborah, look, Deborah has served as my uh, Deborah Granick who also directed Winter's Bone mm. most recently, I think she's Brilliant. better known for because it received attention. It was... Down to the Bone is, is something that I felt... Yeah, there was a lot of accolades and critical claim, but it didn't... Um, it hardly went beyond festival venues, and that's a film that I
5: wish yeah. more
4: people would go and see. Um, particularly because it is such a stark and real portrayal of, of, of addiction, and... Um, and I think for Deborah too, as a filmmaker, I think she's really um, so 70s. <laughs> right.
3: Exactly. Well, that's, that's what rough. I think. If if the studios would have gotten involved with a film like that, they would have needed something bigger to happen. Mm-hmm. Where in real life, it's just that kind of grind mm-hmm. that actually happens once you start to slide into that. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: and it's it's a stunning thing to watch. It's to me, it almost should be a film that they should have high school kids to watch mm. instead of the strange, you know, stories that they'll tell you of how your life just show that slow grind down.
4: Yeah. Cause it doesn't, it, there's nothing glamorous about it. No. It, it doesn't, um, yeah, it is it's a very stark portrayal. Yeah. And, um, I think it could be used as a, as a teaching till you're right.
3: It's, uh, there's so many things. that when we're talking about okay, you kind of stay away from Hollywood films. You've also worked with the biggest movie stars. I don't in the necessarily
4: world. stay away from Hollywood films. I think yeah. the films that come at me are are, are more independent voices. Yeah, I, I I actually take most of what is presented to me.
3: Is that right? Yeah,
4: it's not. It's not like I have a you know thousands of scripts to to choose from. People, I don't think films choose me. <laughs> I do. I do take most of what I'm offering and just so it happens to be I think what you attract and the kinds of filmmakers you attract and and the kinds of stories that it's like magnets
3: (laughs) that's really really interesting because I would have had no idea because it seems like to me that you are I mean I imagine that your agent almost be, be like now I've got to resell her (laughs) <laughs> Every single time, because these characters don't match up as much. And you also do seem to work with really strong directors. You work mm. with directors mm. who are able to get their thumbprint on it. Um, and you're directing a film now.
4: I did, yeah. uh, called Higher Ground, and surrounded a really pricky, prickly subject matter of faith. Mm-hmm. I think, which everyone can um, has it's a, it's a subjective right uh, thing, and people will people have very strong opinions and feelings associated with the notion of faith. Uh, my film is about um, doubt, the idea of doubt within faith. Um, it's, it's something that no matter what your religion, our, our film takes place in the, in the Christian community, but uh, no matter what your faith or spiritual tenets or philosophy on life, at some point, as a human being, you have probably <laughs> um, yeah. grown disilu- disillusioned with with the way of thinking, and, and you question things. And, and It's it's just it's a part of um, it's doubt is a part of faith. If it wasn't, you'd have to rip out uh, many pages of most spiritual manuals. Sure. And I think it's because it is something universal that everyone struggles with. I and, and I have in my own life, um, and wanting to come from a genuine place, a real place. Um, it's it's a topic that I'm I'm fascinated by and and really religion faith and spirituality is not often explored it it is no. in, okay it is as a backdrop to horror films you do have films that proselytize that are made very specifically for the christian community um or you have films that poke fun at the subject matter sure so i like there are rare films like the apostle for example where you could just Kind of be dropped into a community and not judge it and just be in it and and see a man struggling, um, you know, trying to be the best person that he can be, and and I th- hopefully I, I think I've achieved that with with higher ground. But but it is examining sort of a, a woman. It's a portrait of a woman, three decades of her life, for the youth, adolescence, and and her adulthood, and and uh, and it's a, just a portrait of of a person grappling with. Uh, with, with faith and wanting to be the, her most genuine self
3: how did you um get to direct? How did that happen for you
4: um out of frustration yeah <laughs> i um I was attached to the script for for three years and developed it um with the uh, with the, the original writer and who was going to direct it a man a gentleman named Tim and, Uh as I developed it over the course of three years my my, I imagine just my, my sensibilities and my sense of humor uh, became part of it and because and I wanted to look at it with with um, lightness and there was a lot of humor in the film and it 's very tricky and we 're not laughing at these characters, but we 're mm-hmm. la- laughing with them, so I wanted tonally it was a very kooky, weird, bizarre tone of the film, and i didn 't want to um, I just wanted to be the Pied Piper on this one. I wanted to make sure that tone was hit accurately and with reverence, right. <laughs> so to speak. So I um, I knew I was going to be down for the count uh, after Oscars. I found out I was pregnant. And um, and financing came. The energy of, of that time in my life came in, in the form of financing um, by a, a group that – I live upstate New York, and they they happen to live six miles down the road, and it's a fledgling uh, film company – um, Claude and Brice Delfara, Lauren Munch, uh, she's a, uh, he's a biochemist, she's a neurologist, they just have a penchant for film. And, and, we're, you know, and, and we were the first production. Um, financing came, and I did call Deborah Granick at one point. Did you? <laughs> and she mentored me through the editing process because that was the biggest surprise of directing. Actors are never allowed in the editing room. Room nowhere near, and they shouldn't be. And so that was a crash course in editing, and I really uh, relied uh, on her to mentor me through that process. But um, um, yeah, it was it was out of necessity. I, I I've been asked quite a bit about roles for women, and and you want to stop whining about it after a while and just say you know let's right be there has to be
3: some kind of control. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah.
4: Um, let's develop your own opportunity.
3: And I do think if we have more women directors and producers, particularly. I think those roles will get out, and I also think that there's a falseness that men don't want to watch films with women. I think they don't want to watch the kind of films that are being put out there now. That uh, there's so many of what's called women's films really ring false to me. You know,
4: they do, and I think in in my film Higher Ground, we can talk more about it. Hopefully, when when uh, Sony Pictures Classics picked it up, aiming for a, a, a late August or an August release end of the year. So I, I hope to talk to it more precisely, but um, but there's a there's a really enchanting relationship, female relationship, in the way that I know re- my relationship, my female right. friendships, is represented in in my film Higher Ground, and and I don't often see female women, especially women friendships, presented as I know them to right. be, um, and uh, we we explore that's one of the real special th- things about Higher well, Ground.
3: It seems to be like shortcuts now when we're telling these stories. It's almost the way that. They do a commercial like, oh, here's, you know, here's this two-dimensional character, another two-dimensional character, and you already know how you feel about him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so many films start with the fact that we're not going to engage you. We're going to pull you, you know, just come into it already knowing you're just going to kill an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're doing this. I, I mm-hmm. seriously I see it as right. the only thing uh, that mm-hmm. can save us. And I, I'm mm-hmm. really, I really enjoyed uh, Henry's crime out. And I'm mm. enjoying being just a fan of some and no. in your career. <laughs> That's I just a sweet one. Thank there you. are certain people that you feel like you can depend on. And uh, I'm really, really uh, happy to have you in here and I hope you come Thanks, back Ron. again in August. I
4: will. All right. <laughs> I'll <see> you next <laughs> Thank soon. you. Nice to talk to you.
0: Oh. The Ron and Fez show on the virus. Podcast with Kevin Smith and Scott
1: Mosher
6: yeah. yeah, like, hey, man, something for you, something for me.
1: <laughs>
6: this is just this is more for you than me. It's funny. It's laughs. laughs. And the premise being, let's sit down and and, and we'll have a fun conversations like
0: we used to. The whole reason we bonded at when we first met. Podcast. It is pornography if you like dialogue. With Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Listen to Smodcast on the virus, man, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern and Sundays at 5 p.m. Eastern.
1: XM. A download. Download.
7: The latest buzzworthy moments from Sirius XM.
5: Cheryl Crow stopped by Martha Stewart Living Radio to talk about her new cookbook. Duran Duran took questions from an audience of fans on The Pulse. And Hollywood legend Debbie Reynolds shared memories of a lifelong friend, Elizabeth Taylor, with OutQ's Larry Flick. Sirius
8: XM. The The latest buzzworthy moments from Sirius
1: XM.
5: Are you in sales? Or do you own your own business? If so, I want you to think of a number. Think of the amount of money you'd like to make this year. Do you have it? Okay. So what's stopping you? It's not your drive. It's not your skills. Chances are... It's your ability to find new leads. It's not easy. But what if, with one phone call, you could actually get your hands on as many new sales leads as you could handle and actually make that number you have in your head? It's not too good to be true. It's Sales Genie from Infogroup, America's leading provider of sales leads, plus money-making email and direct mail solutions. No matter what you're selling or who you're selling to, Sales Genie has the sales leads you need. And right now, they'll give you a free trial just for calling. Call Sales Genie at 1-800-221-6818 and get your free trial. Call 1-800-221-6818. 1-800-221-6818. Again, that's 1-800-221-6818.
6: I looked at her and I was just, wow, she looked so young.
5: How are ordinary women across America looking years younger? They've discovered the proven breakthrough called hydroxetone.
4: It visibly reduces wrinkles, tightens skin, and it makes frown lines disappear from view. Find out how you can try hydroxetone free for 30 days.
6: She always looked good to me. I can't believe how young she looked.
4: Hydroxetone is now available at Ulta stores. But for this risk-free offer, you must call 1-800-225-1192. That's 1-800-225-1192.
0: If you drive for a living, you don't get paid to stop or wait
8: in line. Keep your wheels moving with PrePass. Bypass way stations. Fly by port of entry facilities. Stay moving at highway speed. While the guy without PrePass waits in line. Save time, save money. Call 888-599-PASS to try pre-pass free. That's 888-599
0: pass. Are you an inventor? Or do you know an inventor who would like to attempt to have an invention or idea patented and submit it to industry? Call InventHelp, America's largest invention company, and learn how to get your
9: free inventor's information. You'll learn how to attempt to patent your idea and submit it to industry from the company that has helped secure over 7,000 patents. It's a free call, so call now.
6: 1-800-220-9562. That's 1-800-220-9562. Call toll-free at 1-800-220-9562. That's 1-800-220-9562. InventHelp is a based company.
0: The Ron and Fez Show. The virus on Sirius XM. Hey, 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 uh. Got on the train from
1: Cambridge mm-hmm. I down to any slumped and flat. Got a mustache and a local best. vest. Some purple leggings and a sailor tat.
7: Just one gear on my fixing bike.
1: Got a plus one here for my gig tonight. I play C. When is 20 really Vision just a pair of empty frames? Dressing like a nerd, oh no, I never got to-
9: I wrote a hit play and directed it. So I'm not playing it either. Can we get a trick?
3: It's the Ron Fez show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Vera Formiga was just in here. Uh, Higgs, incredibly unusual looking woman, right? Oh, yeah.
2: I like the poncho she was wearing, too.
3: She's a very, very attractive woman. But even beyond that, she's not the type of person that you run into. And I would say this. Eyes like a wolf. Beautiful, like, clear blue eyes. Piercing. Like a wolf. Piercing eyes. That's a good word for it. Piercing. Phenomenal actor. Phenomenal actor.
2: Uh, Oh, very good. I do hate that she broke George Clooney's heart,
3: though. uh, No, he had it coming. He broke his own heart by not sticking to his code. And and seriously, when up in the air, I liked everything about it until the end. Why did he have to act like, oh, I need to be home with a wife and family like everyone else. My life's a failure. No, it isn't. There's all kinds of different lives to live. I got really mad that you had to give it back to the American public that there's only one life to live. I thought his fucking philosophy was interesting in that. It's not going to be for everyone. No, but hey, he was having a great time. But but the whole empty your backpack thing of just have less and less and less. You know, the fact that he didn't have a house and a car and he was just driving around. I thought that was all great. The fact that, you know what, it is great for some people to be together forever. Uh, Some people, they're supposed to have a continuum of fucking relationships. So what? Why is one terrific and the other one shit? I think there's a falseness that we do sometimes. And I think that even the Hollywood dream from the 1950s, the American dream of of what Hollywood was supposed to be, was just a marketing plan to sell real estate and fucking housewares. Levittowns
2: or whatever the fuck. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it just so happened that the thing that they were selling... Uh, happened to be the perfect life for everyone.
2: Wow, how'd they come up with that?
3: Yeah. I think some guys are supposed to fucking get on a horse and ride off by themselves. So what? But the fact that we got into this thing of... There's... You know, there's... uh, Ashley Judd, I saw this thing, and she was... There was a possibility that she's going to stop in here this week, and then a possibility that she's not. But she put out a, a bio... About how her childhood was kind of fucked up, even though her mom was the judge and this happened. And I wish we would get it in our heads is everyone's childhood was kind of fucked up. And then everyone's idea of being a parent also gets fucked up. It's just fucked up. Why don't we ever see that as normal? Why is there some fucking other thing that normal is supposed to be? Whatever we don't happen to be
2: no one wants to experience pain or be sad. right? It's just they feel like that shouldn't be part of life. So if that happens, then that means your life's fucked up. Or yeah, that whatever.
3: means it's abnormal. <laughs> I didn't get normal. I'm not happy. But even if you meet those happy people in any neighborhood and you start to ask them questions, you know, it's just like when you're like, Oh, that guy, he's doing so good. He's got two fucking cars and a pool, and they go away to the Bahamas. And you don't know. He's fucking laying there at night, staring at the ceiling, wondering how he can quickly shift money around to keep this shit going before it all comes crashing down. But you think he's doing great. But you don't fucking carry that. The weird thing is in life is if you've got ten and your expenses are a nine, all right, fine, it's great. But if you've got ten and your expenses are eleven, you're not as doing as good as the guy who's got four and his expenses are a three. Because then it all fucking jumps on top of you.
2: Yeah, but your clothes are nicer.
3: That's a temporary fucking thing, isn't it? Like, normally, just think of how many great jackets that you had that now you see a picture of them and you're fucking embarrassed that you ever even put it on.
2: Like Jesse Ventura's your fucking jacket.
3: There is, uh, you know, even go back and look at pictures of, like, some chick that you tried to fucking hang on to and you guys kept fighting and she was going to leave and then she came back. Then you look at that picture, like, years later, and you're like, what the fuck did I even see in her? I thought I couldn't live without her. What the hell was I thinking? Why has every decision up until today been awful? Hicks, hey, I'd like to see you with uh, with Vera Farmiga, though, instead of the situation that you're in.
2: Oh, no, I very much love the situation. I'm Vera
3: in. said to me, she goes, that fellow over there, is he single? And oh, I really? go, really? Um, temporarily, no, but I don't think it's going to work out between him and his girlfriend. No, no, that's long term. Then why don't you ask her the big question? Why don't you pop the question there?
9: I'll get rejected.
3: You think she wouldn't want to marry you?
9: Well, look at me. I'm a train wreck.
3: No, you're not.
9: I got no money. I think she would (laughs) hop at the opportunity if you put it out there. Fez has got a
3: lot of money. Fez will give you some of it. Let Fez be that thing. Let Fez put the wedding together. Let Fez give you a nest egg to get started.
9: I've always wanted to throw a wedding at the track.
3: Why don't you make it a nice thing, Fez? Why don't you do something nice? Because that kid's like a child to you. And you could finally do this. You could do something that would make you feel good about yourself. Um, by the way, The Down to the Bone is on Netflix Instant. That means it's a freebie. Go out and get it for yourself. Check it out. It is a, a fucking great junkie movie, and there's no big scenes. It's not fucking the train spotting bullshit. It's not the romanticizing dope bullshit that you get out of every other Junkie movie.
2: No babies on the ceiling or anything? No,
3: none of that. You don't get the fucking...
2: Is there any popping in it at all? Right, or... No.
3: No, no glamour. No fucking heroin porn. Um, Scott, Charlotte, you're on my fez.
8: Hey, Ronnie, it's uh, got a eat spot for you. Um. All right, Uh, 17 years ago today, Kurt Cobain decided to blow his head off. Unbelievable. 17 years.
3: That was a fast 17.
8: (laughs) Yeah, you're telling me. Thanks, Ronnie. Have a good
3: one. Um, Now, my prediction is if Kurt Cobain would have lived, he would be making the ukulele fucking album.
2: All sober and shit, just fucking making weird music.
3: Did you, did you love Cobain? Hicks, was that your guy? Yeah, Cobain. Kid?
2: Cobain was the man. Nirvana was the. Like, right there, it was right there, that time when I was whatever, like 10 years old or 11, 8 years old, something like that. Nirvana was blowing up. No. MTV when, was huge. when
3: you were a little kid, you were like, Nirvana's so fucking cool. Oh, hell yeah. Nirvana was your Beatles. Basically, I mean, shit. They were the Beatles of your Beatleness.
2: Yep. It was the early 90s.
3: When Kurt Cobain died, your mom came, You were playing with your G.I. Joes. Uh huh. And your mom had to come in and break the news to you.
2: It was a sad day, Ron. It's like, oh, Kurt's dead?
3: Uh, Jay, you're on the first. Jay, we got you? In? Yeah. What up? Hey, uh,
8: they can, uh, name, uh, Bish can marry that brother, and, uh, old Fez can, you know, build a big dash for him, and they can name their first kid after Fez
3: Dick Stanley. Dick Hicks. Would you like that? that Did l- anyone ever name a grandson after your father? No. Oh, Nope, we didn't God, get one. What a wow. disappointment. Holy shit. What a disappointment. What
9: the fuck? It's never happened.
3: What a disappointment.
9: God damn it.
3: And now your brother got fixed, right?
9: Right, yeah, so there's no more there. Well, there's not going to be any more anyway. What are you talking about? Well, Corky and I are not going to have children.
3: Well, you can't together. you got to go find yourself a couple ladies, not just keep butt-fucking brother butt-fuck time. No, there, there's no babies out of the ass. There is not an ass baby. Um, here's uh, Shane. You're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. Hey, listen,
8: uh, that guy that does your opening act there, That uh, which is named Sam?
3: Yes, my opener.
8: Yeah, yeah when when are, when is Sam going to open up the line so that in the Rana Fez pregame show we can actually call in
3: you know not everything has to be about you, Shane. That's just a little pullback of the curtain uh Opie was with him I think for the first 15 minutes I was with him for the last 15 minutes and there is a there's a giving back here at the station that doesn't exist anywhere else. There's my good friend Laura look at her. Look at Laura in the shades. Fan- oh, oh! come on in. Come on in and tell me. I am going to kill that son of a bitch. What did you say to him? Shut up. I am going to kill him, Laura.
7: No, it wasn't him. What are him. you doing a black eye?
3: Don't you hide this.
7: You know what? Do you know how many people have been like, your boyfriend beats you? But obviously, that's not what happened. It
3: is uh, obviously exactly what happened. (sighs) What happened,
7: Laura?
9: You just fall down again? I fell
7: down some stairs. I actually fell up some stairs, and I... Pushed up some stairs? No. Everyone's being so mean to me, as if I'm not in enough pain already.
3: Okay, you know what? Then let me jump into the fake world and we'll cover it up and act like it never happened (laughs) but it did happen laura it did happen it did you're a good person and this wasn't your fault and just because you let him down is no reason for him to hit you that's were you hitting the bottle again
7: no you know what happened i was wearing doc martin boots which Mm. have this weird wide sole and i was just like trotting up the stairs. And the soul caught on the lip of the step. And there was there happened to be a steel pipe across the the wall that slammed into yeah. my face. And it was so scary. And it hurts. And I feel like I got run over by a truck. Look, I'm actually going home sick. I'm on my way. I've got to send an something? email to my boss and I'm going there, home
3: sick. There's such a thing as a black eye, but you have a black side of your face. I
7: know because it hit my cheek. Oh, my oh. God. What? Did you go to the doctor? Is anything broken? I didn't go to the doctor, but nothing's broken.
3: Just your okay. spirit?
7: Just my spirit. And it doesn't help when everybody's saying mean things about my boyfriend.
3: Your boyfriend is a crazy person. <laughs>
7: he wasn't even home when it happened.
9: Okay. But you I'll know tell what, you. We Concover. can't have a
3: case against him. If you're going to do this, we can't keep you safe.
9: I just never understand Doc Martens in the city. You're not hiking. It's a city.
3: Doc Martens aren't for
7: hiking.
9: When did
3: they They're ever- like
7: a work boot, aren't they? Nah. They're they're stylish, you
3: know. Punk rock. I mean, this is Fez. This thing that you're talking about now is 30 years old.
9: (laughs) What are you kids doing? I just don't get it.
3: Actually, it's 35 years old. We're CBJBs when Doc Martens first came out. All right, so you you don't want to press charges. You're a good person seriously. You
7: know what? My boyfriend is such a huge fan of yours right. and he's been begging me to meet you. Like he's he's going out and like checking out cigars. He knows that you gave cigars up for Lent and he's like, "I'm going to get Ron some cigars." That's and nice. now he's going to be pissed at you. No,
3: look, look, here's the thing. He got to be doing something right because you're still covering for him. <sighs> and seriously, I like enabling women best of all. They're the best. That's mean. It isn't mean, honey. I'm in
7: a lot of pain, Ron.
3: I know you are. Physical, spiritual, mental.
7: Physical mostly. You know what surprised me the most is how exhausted I feel. I didn't well, think that it would make me tired, you know what I mean? Like it didn't take a lot of effort on my part to fall on the stairs.
3: When Lent is over, we're gonna go to that cigar bar, right? Yeah. Can I bring Vera Fermigan with me? If she,
7: if she says you can, that's she, up to her.
3: She but do me a favor. Could you two not put on the drama act of yelling and pushing and whatever's happening there? I think that's fair to say. Because I get really, you know, nervous about some things. All right, some listeners are concerned. Laura, of course, is our best friend in the whole world in the booking department, talent department here. She does great work. She comes in. Now, she has to interact with the biggest stars in the world.
7: Yeah, I have to. And to come in,
3: (laughs) freshly beaten, is... Not good. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Dan Albany, you're on ron fez Yeah,
0: Ronnie. It sounds like she's leaving early, so she get that house clean this time. What?
3: It's like you got, like maybe the house was dirty. That's what's happening. Oh, good. got it. Yeah. Um... Do yourself a favor, and if you're going to read the USA Today before him, iron it before <laughs> he gets back there. Make sure that thing is perfect.
7: You guys are being mean. Would
3: you ever leave him, or are you too afraid? I'm on your side. Do you want to do a signal where you wink? You <laughs> can't. She? I can't. Oh. I'm, already I'm already winking. I'm already winking. My
7: eye is swollen shut. Um, My boyfriend is such a good guy.
3: That's good. This is going to all work in front of the cops.
7: And he said he was sorry and that he's going to change. There we go. he
3: is going, He's going to. You know what? Uh, he's only going to drink light uh, light beer. Uh, Steve, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey,
8: what's going on, Ronnie? Check yeah. her forearms. See if there's any bruises on her forearms.
3: It's, let's see if there's any defensive. Defensive. No. She she never got her hands up in time. He's This guy's very, very quick. It's like getting hit by Cassius Clay.
9: There's none of his skin underneath her fingernails.
3: Um... Let's go to Bill. Bill in Boston. We're helping Lara from the talent department.
8: Hey, Ron, I want you to let me know when you want me to head down and we will take care of this guy, okay?
3: Um. All right. Here's the thing. I don't think we can take him. When I saw the side of her face, I don't want that to happen to me.
7: Yeah, it looks like I got hit with a steel pipe, which I did when oh, I hit the God. wall when I fell down the stairs.
3: Okay. Sure. Here's the thing. Instead of trying to drop the punch, lean down so he catches the top of your head and break his hand. Use your head out there. Yeah, it's Actually, still gonna hurt.
7: This cheekbone is a pretty damn strong bone. The yeah. top of your head it can be much more dangerous if you get hit. Like the back of your head is the worst.
3: Yeah, I didn't say turn around and let him hit the back of your head. <laughs> Just the top of my head. <laughs> so the fact that the cheekbone didn't break.
7: Very good. Yeah. We're very happy about that.
3: So how are you gonna spend the day today? Drinking? What are you gonna do? Um,
7: no, I'm gonna go home and like put a steak on it. <laughs> you know that's what they say to like get a piece of raw meat. <laughs> I
3: think it's a little late for that. I think you got to do <laughs> that know. immediately, though. i no, don't I'm know just if gonna Flint put this on happened, it. last night. Yeah, last night. What time? Like three thirty in the morning, four no, o'clock no, no, in the morning. Like seven
7: seven thirty eight.
3: So when he got home, you you were by yourself when this happened? No, or was yeah, was... I
7: was with the dog, which is why I couldn't catch myself. Oh, Jesus. And I. And this is the silliest part of the whole thing, is that I have an elevator in the building. But I was like, I'll just get a little extra exercise. How many floors and was, is that be? Four. So I just was trotting up the stairs. And um, and I really thought that I might be in serious trouble. I called my boyfriend, and because I knew he had the doorman's phone number in his phone. I was like, Jamie, call Andrew. I'm in the stairwell. I don't know if I can move. Oh Tell him to God. come find me. And so Andrew, the doorman, came up the three flights of stairs and, like, helped me get up and I, knocked the wind out of me, which I don't know if that's happened to you since you were a kid. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it a is roster. a scary feeling. I couldn't catch my breath. I felt like I'd basically been hit with a baseball bat in the face. And um, But once I got my breath back and put some ice on it, you know, it, it was clear pretty early that nothing was broken because I could still move my face right. and, you know. But it. it sure doesn't look pretty.
3: No. It looks like you were hit with a man's fist. Um, here is Jack. Jack, you're on a fez. Hi, Jack. Let's, let's try again. Go ahead, Jack.
10: Uh, hey, everybody. Hey, it's going to be okay, guys. I just donated my cell phone.
3: That's nice. Now you'll Aww. have your own cell phone. It's a chance for you to rebuild. Here's Matt. Ow. Matt, you're on a uh. fez.
8: Hey, Asker, were you wearing white spandex, the dirty white spandex, when cops was at your trailer house? Say
3: that's what happens. Normally, if you watch the show, cops... They show up, the woman's kind of dressed down, she's got a black eye, and then the story of, I was walking up the steps and fell perfectly on a pipe, don't take my man away. Oh,
7: yeah, well, you could take him away.
3: (laughs) You would take him away. But he didn't
7: do it, he didn't do it, but... Um, No, I don't live with my boyfriend, I have my own place, so, you know.
8: Cleaning
3: the house was not really an issue. Still, he doesn't want to show up for anything bad. John, you they wanted to point
8: out another inconsistency in the story. The first time she told us she fell up the stairs, now she's saying she fell down the stairs. I what fell the
7: up story? the stairs.
3: You fell up the downstairs. But,
8: but then you just said you fell down. What's the I story? fell
7: down on the stairs, but oh, I was going up, up the stairs. He's doing a good cop,
3: bad cop on you. Whatever. Don't let that happen. I
7: mean, whatever. <laughs> you guys you know, are being I, so mean. Not
3: at all. We can actually take you to a safe place. Okay, can you
7: just get me some ice?
3: Yeah, do you really need ice?
7: I'm going home. Like, I was on my way out the door to go home to lie down and put some ice on it. I have an out-of-office email that says I'm out sick today. Because right. I came in this morning, and I just couldn't handle it. I'm in too much pain.
3: <sighs> Who saw this? Who, which one of your bosses saw this?
7: Uh, neither one. I just went to see them, and I've been wearing shades all day. So Everyone's like, oh, fir- you
3: think you're so cool. Yeah, the fir- Here, put the shades on. I just want to say something. You can still see it. Underneath the shades. That's how that is.
7: Well, yeah. I know. You can see it to the side.
3: Oh, God. Not so much here or here.
9: (laughs) But here. Right in here.
7: And it's just getting worse, too. It's much more swollen than it was last night. It's black and blue, and it's going to turn yellow. It's going to be gross. I am going to be ugly. I do not want to be ugly, you guys. No one's going to love me anymore.
3: (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) It's awful. (laughs) Let me tell you something. And I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Aww. You are completely unlovable right now. <laughs> not with, with, with oh, that yeah. eye. Yeah. You, uh, Mike, I know I am. That's why I face. don't even
7: want to be seen.
3: Yeah. Go ahead, Mike.
8: She only had the black eye?
3: Whew. I thought she was with a black guy. All right. See, see, that's the thing. And like you, you're from San Francisco, right? You hate any kind of racism. I'm the same. Well, who says I'm not with a black guy? Is that why you got hit?
7: No, he's not a black guy. I'm this just is... saying, why assume that he's not? Why, why assume but, that he is?
3: But it almost came across as like black-on-white crime, which I consider the worst kind of crime. Got that well, vibe.
7: The, the wall that I landed on was black.
9: It's a hate-your-success crime.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> Before... Lois, you're on run a fez. Hey, what's up, guys?
11: Um, I just have some advice for Laura. Okay. I think that uh, when your boyfriend's sleeping, I think you need to get a hold of some matches and some gasoline, light that motherfucker Fair... up, and just
3: run. Farrah Fawcett, that son of a bitch. Um, I will tell
7: you that when I called him and told him that I fell down, he dropped what he was doing and rushed over to take care of me. So.
3: Uh, Greg, you're on run a fizz. That's uh, – cover up everything. Uh, Greg, you're on run of fizz.
7: Ron, am I the only one getting turned on by this story?
3: No, it <laughs> works. It works for guys. And it's hey, sad. Whatever,
7: whatever turned you on, man.
3: It's sad, but it is true. Um, let's go over and – and let's talk to this gentleman. This is Thomas and wants to help out. Thomas, help out, Laura, if you will.
8: Yeah, uh, my advice is to get a hot plate or maybe a heat lamp. You need to keep his dinner warm for him, for Christ's sake.
3: <laughs> I'll keep that in mind, you jerk. No, you guys don't live together, huh?
7: No, I mean, you know, we stay with each other a fair amount of the time, but officially we have separate <sighs> places.
3: What are you What are you afraid of? What, what's, what's the fear of commitment?
7: Oh, it's not that at all. It's just I'm... I like to be on my own a lot of the time, you know? I like to have some some
3: space. Mm. Sometimes we're not getting punched so much. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's always nice. That speech must room, have gone you know. over big. <laughs> um, let's go back to Joe. Joe, you're on Hey,
8: bodies. Um, Laura, I just wanted to let you know, with all this heat that's coming down, he'll probably go back to the phone book, so you'll be all right. See
7: the phone book, like the little black book. Yeah,
3: he no. Means? He, what you do is take the phone book, roll it up, hit with that, and it doesn't leave the outer bruises. Oh, I
7: thought Since, he meant he was going to go like, go call some other girl and get a new girlfriend or
3: something. No, uh, he hits you with that, knocks you down, but it doesn't leave the outsides, more internal bruises. Mm-hmm. Same if you put some oranges in a pillow sack and swing them around. It's is that what you do inside. when
7: you beat women? No,
3: I don't do it for women, but somebody's getting me my money. That's all I'm saying. Somebody's <laughs> getting my goddamn money.
7: It hurts to laugh, Ron.
8: It hurts to laugh.
3: Here's Steve. Steve, you're on Run and Fez.
8: Hey, I don't know who's a more uh, annoying guest uh, crazed or this bitch here.
3: Where does that come from, Steve? I'll, I was Seriously, you'll be the second black guy today. Uh, Anthony, you're on the Run of Fez show. By the way, I see you on the phone uh, <laughs> prepping me, and it, it got put up in a whole different way of about help. Go ahead, Anthony.
8: Hey, Ronnie. I uh, just want to tell Laura, she better dump Chris Brown right away.
3: <laughs> you shouldn't be with him anymore.
7: But this song is so romantic. A guy who could write this song could yeah. never hurt anyone.
3: <laughs> don't you? Aren't you glad when you hear stuff like this, you don't have to book any of the musical guests?
7: Aren't you glad that you're sitting on my left side so you it don't is. have to look at the ugly <laughs> well, half of my face?
3: When you look over that way, I still think you're pretty sometimes. I forget. Like a girl Harvey Dent.
9: <laughs> What's that mean, <laughs> Two-Face from the Batman movie. I haven't
3: seen it yet. Um, here's uh, Chris. Chris, you're on a face. Hi, Laura. It wasn't Opie, was it? He's <laughs> just started advocating
8: slapping women. He put a new video up on his website. Oh,
3: Opie.
7: First of all, I don't think a slap could have left this kind no. of damage. And second of all, no, it wasn't Opie or anyone else. I fell.
3: You fell into a fist uh, holding <laughs> a roll of quarters. It was seriously <laughs> the perfect storm. Um, here's uh, Chuck Chuck Yarmuth Fez.
8: Hey, uh, I think she better just learn which way to face those uh, labels in the on those cans.
3: Boy, not everybody remembers a Julia Roberts movie from, I don't know, ninety one, ninety <laughs> two. Yeah, mean, that one was way back there. But she had to point all the labels in what the same direction. What movie was it? It was, you know, one of those movies where everything's terrible and in the end she kills him. Um, and I can't think of the name of it right now. Is Julia Roberts, The Good Wife? Maybe? Something along those lines? No, that's a TV show. Maybe I'm wrong then. The Good Something.
7: You know what? My eye is getting puffier and more painful by the minute. Can I just thank you for your support and say goodbye? Do
3: you see how many calls I have?
7: For? No, I don't I can see, see that. It. Oh, that's right. You oh, can't I say. guess yeah, I can see it right. You, here. we. Oh, yeah, all these for people. Three hours. All these people want to call and be mean to me. Where's the support? No, who's this... sending me flowers and chocolates? And who, where's my ice pack?
3: Do you realize that if I sent you flowers and chocolates, what would happen to you tonight? When there's flowers and chocolates. What did you do? What is this? No, you know
7: what? If they were from you, my boyfriend would be so excited because he really has loved
3: you for a oh, long time. That's He's so from nice Florida, to hear. so he grew F-L-A. up listening to you. what part of Florida?
7: You, uh, Fort Lauderdale.
3: Oh, so he data. grew up
7: listening to you, and if I got flowers from you, he would be like, "This
3: is so cool." Save that's really the card. nice. That's really nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go then.
7: Thank you. And I'll
3: talk to these people without you, and it will all go down and get <laughs> well, out to go me. like save me. Fez. Are you still upset about anything? And we're back into that bit, looking at my watch, wondering when Lily's going to be here. This, this is this is something nice you're giving me today. Who's Lily? Lily used to be with the show, and she's stopping back here today.
7: Oh, you fired her?
3: Uh, no. She went on to bigger and better things. That got uh, well worse and nuts. What's not so than you guys? Well, she got did co-host the show. She got to co-host the show, which is nice. Cool. And I always have dreams that anybody who's ever like Chris Stanley, I have a perfect dream for him, that Fez will die and that he'll co-host the show with me. Aww. So.
7: What about Mark Zito? What do you dream of for him?
3: Mark Zito, I dreamed that he'll go back to Rhode Island and just be one of those people. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, you got to go. Go home and get your rest. You're already not getting paid for it, I guess, since you sent out these things. It's true. Okay, bye. Right, bye.
9: And that yeah. Julia Roberts movie was Sleeping with
3: the Enemy. Sleeping with an enema. Um, Rent it today. Get me big <laughs> guess. Big guess. Big unmasked guess. Bigger of than Of course,
7: life. I always do. Can I tell
3: you who my all-time hero is? I'm just going to write it down because I don't want to say it on the air in case we don't get it. But this, If it's Richard
7: Pryor, I probably can't make it happen.
3: No. And I don't want to say in case it doesn't happen. But this is the whole reason that I would get up in the morning as a kid. The whole reason. Okay,
7: I'll keep it in mind.
3: You already know what it is, right, Fuzz? I uh, yeah, absolutely know. All right, go home. Thanks rest. to all the
7: supportive callers, too. People by the love way. You. you, jerks.
3: People love you. <laughs> wow, why it was tag. fun to have you stop by today.
7: Well, I'll stop by any time. Why? Why is it that you only call me in the studio when something's wrong with me? You don't want to talk to me on a normal day. That's
3: when you're at your most interesting, <laughs> and this is you at your most sympathetic.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly the sympathy <laughs> is pouring in. Yeah.
3: It's very, very nice. All right, guys. All right, Enjoy you caused a lot of people, of a lot of great one-liners. They're all hurt. We'll take they them. All... Why
7: not just go one, two, three, four, five and yeah, take them? Yeah,
3: but everybody, see what happened. Then they're like, I really didn't get the timing that I needed. it. Go home, rest. Thank you. Get in the bathtub, smoke a joint, just a regular Laura day.
7: Okay, just a regular <laughs> day at home right. will do. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ronnie.
3: There she goes. She's our best friend in the whole world, Fez. The only person here that we ever went out to dinner with from um, Sirius XM. And something awful happened to her eye. And I'm, you know, to me, if she doesn't want to say, then I'm not going to say. Hey, who knows what happens over there? But when you see her looking like that, you can see that she is obviously distraught, Hicks. Oh, yeah. Do you feel like you should be calling some exes and apologizing?
2: What? Uh, it's like feelings, right? Sorry.
3: No, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, Look at that one after another. One after another. Uh, We never even got into this Ichiban.
1: And
3: Hicks, I want you and Watley to stare each other in the face, say that you bought into the Butler fucking hype, and then only to sit and watch the championship game as Butler shits all down their legs and then slips and slides in it.
2: It was a shit fest.
9: I bought into the hype. I bought into the hype. There. You go. I thought this was the Bulldogs year.
3: It may have been the worst shooting game in the history of that championship. I mean, it was just ungodly. And it got even to a certain point where you stop looking up at the screen. Like, you're like, yeah, I'm kind of watching, but now I got the laptop out and... corner of my eye, I guess. It was just uh, ungodly bad. But here's what I also think happened. And everybody loves this March Madness. But I thought both teams were so exhausted last night. I just thought that they were dead on their feet. It was was too much by the end of it. They were both too tired. There was some burnout factor going on. Because the skills were gone. The skills were gone. And they were throwing themselves into the game, uh, but the skills were gone. Wow, did a lot of people send me the uh, sleeping with the enemy thing. I didn't even notice that. A lot of people emailed that in. Sorry, I never go to the emails. We're not even um, paying attention to a lot of things today. We've got to pick the big, big uh, winner um, and, you know, give that out today from yesterday's Ray Wagner contest. That's coming up in just a little bit. Fez will reach into it. You've got all the names on slips and going to pull a name out?
9: Got all the names. One lucky winner will pick up the uh, Kevin Smith signed DVD, Jay and the
8: Bob Strike Back.
3: That's a great price. It really is a great Sick. price. Uh, Patrick, you're on one Hey,
8: buddies. Um, Yeah, I actually grew up in Indianapolis. Um, I live in Boston now, but growing up, everybody in Indiana is a huge Indiana University basketball fan. Nobody gave a shit about Butler at all. Mm -hmm. And so now, like, they kind of get good, and everybody, all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, we're the biggest Butler fans, you know. And it's like, well, if you're the biggest fan in the world, like, where were you, you know, when they sucked? So,
3: well, yeah, would, why would anybody want to watch a team that sucked? There was no reason, let's say, and for the fact of Hicks and Fez. They didn't care was, until it was Cinderella. Nobody wants ugly Cinderella.
8: Hell no. I'm just saying it's just total bandwagon, you know, total case of bandwagon.
3: But why is bandwagon such a horrible thing? I'm going to put that out there to people. When people are like... Well, why are you so into the page? Why would you follow a shitty fucking team? Watley grew up in Tampa. When the Bucks are winning, he's a fan. When the Bucks aren't winning, he does other things. This is the way he was raised. Now, does that make him a bad fan? Possibly, but doesn't have anything to do with his life. He's living the life he wants to live. Here's Paul Yarman of How's it going, buddy? Yeah.
0: A uh,
8: big Ichiban story out of Europe. So, uh, the Champions League quarterfinal start today.
3: Oh, is that right? Now, who's all in it?
8: Uh, you got Real Madrid against, uh, I think, uh, Schalke from Germany. Then you got Inter Milan today. And then tomorrow you have the big Chelsea Man Unit game.
3: All right. I will be keeping an eye on that. Make sure every one of those games I have playing in front of me, Hicks. Every single one of them. Uh, Ken, Ken, you're on the Run and Face show.
0: Ronnie, what up, my man?
3: Hey,
1: dude.
0: I got an YouTube on for you, bro. It, 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 it. The fat actress, Christy Alley, dances with the stars, crumpled the little dude she danced with last night, dropped him out.
3: What are you talking about? I have no idea. I, don't, I haven't seen the show.
0: She, they were dancing on the show last night, and he, they did a move, and her fat ass knocked him down. I mean, his, her weight, he couldn't support her weight. His leg gave out on him.
1: Um,
9: I saw this. I think it was a fake fall down.
3: I'm sure and, it's YouTube by now. I'm sure it's YouTube. Go ahead, Fuzzy.
9: So it's, it was right at the beginning of the dance. He was, uh, her partner was kind of doing a lift and carrying her across the stage. And like the guy said, his leg went out from underneath of him. They hit the floor. It was such a gentle fall. I think it was a sympathy move of here's Kirstie Alley doing something very brave going out there where she's not in dancing shape and it's here's a chance to get some sympathy they got up they finished the dance but I thought the acting on his part was really bad as well (laughs) he kind of sits her down there it wasn't a fall. He sat her down. And then they go on and do their dance.
3: I just have no uh, I have no fucking thought about it whatsoever. Uh, Charlie, you're on Runa Fez.
0: Ronnie, the reason people hate bandwagon jumpers is when your team's 1-15, you can go see the game. You, you know, you enjoy your team. But when, you know, your team wins, you can't, you know, if corporate takes over, you can't see your team. So you hate the bandwagon jumpers.
3: Well, why didn't you get tickets when you could? You could have, if you're a Lions fan, you'd be able to get the um, the the fucking season tickets.
6: Not everybody can get season tickets. Not People just want to go to one game a year.
3: Okay, so you get to see your one game a year. So you think a fan is somebody who sees one game a year.
8: I uh, know. All I'm saying is, a fan does what he can. Okay. I'm just saying that the reason people hate bandwagon jumpers is they take the seats that the hardcore fans can't afford. All
3: right, I got you there. I understand what you're talking about. Although the corporate seats, they sell those tickets out no matter what the fuck is happening for some goddamn reason. Um,
2: like scalpers, basically, they buy them if no one's going.
3: Uh Bob, Bob Yarmonefes.
8: Hey, Ron, I don't think you're too far off, man. I'm a I'm a lifelong Pirates fan. They haven't had a winning season in 19 years. And here I am, excited like a fucking idiot, that they're 3-1 when I know what the end result's going to be. And I've contemplated switching teams for past 10 years. It's just not worth it part of the time.
3: So you're a baseball fan. You love the game. You're happy this time of year baseball is back. But your team, by not being into it, hurts you. And you got a, you got a nice little park there. You get to see all the other teams come into town. It's not so awful, right?
8: Yeah, I guess tickets are easy to come by. They're always doing promotions, Mm -hmm. fireworks night, bringing free concerts in. But it's just heartbreaking when you're a true fan and you're just looking at your record. You got 30 wins at the end of the year again, and I just right now I got subscribed to the major league package, and I'm excited because we're three and one playing the Cardinals tonight. But I know two two weeks from now we're going to be three and twelve.
3: Now, why don't you look across the state, over there to Philadelphia, uh, organizations that seem to care about their fans, trying to make moves to bring in new players. Maybe it's time for you to keep that P, but just put a little baseball in it and say to myself, I want to be a Phillies fan. I'd
8: love to have that rotation. I'd love to have it and see what
3: happens. Um, It's the interesting thing. In Philadelphia, now I grew up, all the teams were awful people would still show up, but then they would boo that team and boo their own team relentlessly. Now, some people say, oh, that's not a good fan. You're still there. You still care about your team. You're not doing the Watley thing of, oh, I'll sell my tickets. Showing up. You're showing up, but then you're saying we disapprove on how you're acting. Now, the, the weird thing is people would always rank the Philadelphia fan as being the worst fan of baseball. Or football, basketball, or hockey. Because they have a tendency not to put up with shit. I don't care who knows it. Now, Fez, do you can still consider that a good fan? Uh, yeah, I consider that. They're involved. Yes. So you love the fans of the Ron and Fez show that go, Fez, you should be working harder. You should be doing more stuff. Those are your favorite fans.
9: They're not my favorite fans, but they're involved. They're either fr- uh, frustrating, and a lot of times I get upset about it. But they're
3: involved. I I am very shocked about this. I'm very shocked. Fez Fez shocked me with that one, Hicks. I did not think that he thought of those as involved people.
2: I thought, you know, they were just, you know, they're haters.
3: Yeah, I thought they were just the haters. That's why you won't read the Twitter page. That's why you won't show up at, uh, well, we blew off around Fez.net. It was all back on you saying we shouldn't have anything to do with these people.
9: Haters be hating.
3: But now you're saying they're involved.
9: Well, the, the people that call are involved. The people that just go on a message board and troll around. No, they're just negative people. All
3: right, now I can't tell the difference. It's the same exact thing. So you like bad callers. All right, uh, it's time for Fez's True, Bad Caller Fans. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I'm learning new things every day, Chris Stanley.
2: This is a new one to me, too. So the trolls are, are not good, but the... Clawers. writing
3: writing and saying bad things is bad but you're saying that you see the trolls almost as pussies they're pussies cuz they won't confront you absolutely all right this is stunning to me so anyone who writes anything bad on a message board or a i guess a twitter account pussy right yeah if you call then you're a fan of the person all right. Uh, the, those people you admire. Um, here's uh, oh, it's our good buddy, Dr. X in Mexico. It's been a long time.
8: I'll tell you what, baby. I, I'm a Cubs fan. I've been a Cubs fan all my life. I'm still a Cubs fan no matter how many times they break my heart. I'm a fan of the team, Ronnie. I'm a fan of the Cubs, not necessarily the assholes on it. I don't know if I can explain that or that makes any sense. But, you know, you, you, you love the team. You, you love what they do, what they stand for. But, Jesus Christ, this lineup we got just breaks your fucking heart already.
3: Puck it out. <laughs> uh it is a it's seriously it's a difficult thing to uh pull off. Are right, you on the run Fez show? Yeah, I I like Fez.
8: I think he's oh, a great God, guy. this
3: fucking guy.
8: However, you know, it, it, when you listen to him from like 5 or 10 years ago, you know, it's hard to compare the old Fez to the Why not hey King Speech,
9: why don't you stammer through this a little bit more?
8: Uh, no, I'm just telling it like it is. That's what you wanted to hear. I, I'm sorry that your father passed away, but I think that in the long run, we all deal with death. And
9: Thank so, you. a uh, <laughs> brilliant theory there, that eventually everyone is going to die on us. Thank hey, you for your, your brilliant you theory.
8: Tomorrow. These things happen.
9: We can only hope.
8: Well, uh, hey, I appreciate your, uh, your your concern for me. There. I really do.
9: I, I think I've changed my mind on this. In what way? Uh, no, this isn't a good fan. No, this is not a fan at all.
3: So the... I'm ch-
9: I completely... Ch- it took one call to change my mind.
3: And that's a guy that's kind of been banned for a while.
9: Yeah, yeah. He's just an idiot. He just wants to call up and try to stammer and get me upset. You're right. That's not a fan.
3: All right. So the Philadelphia fans who show up and boo, they're the worst kind of fans.
9: That's, they're not putting anything positive into the team.
3: So what is a better way to be? To be like a Bucks fan where if the team's losing, you just don't show up? That's being a better fan? How do you put that signal to the team, hey, we're not happy right now? Well, you,
9: you could do it through not showing up. That's that's probably that's probably a better fan that's not showing up and trying to send a message saying that you know what we want better players on the team or right. we want a different coach. I think
3: that's sending a message. Then how come that message hasn't worked in Pittsburgh, where they're just willing to let this go nineteen years and not coming up with a ball team is pretty fucking embarrassing. That's now of- I, let me let me tell you the truth. I grew up hating the Pirates because they were so fucking good. Pop Stargell, Manny Sangayen, Clemente. These are fucking great ball players. This was a team with a great heritage and they just let it slip by. But yeah, I despised when the Pirates would come into town because they were fucking great. And I still, I hate the song... We are family to this fucking day because I can remember fucking Willie Stargell dancing on the top of the dugout while they fucking enjoyed themselves. God, I hated that fucking team. Now, I don't hate the Pirates at all. I don't even think about them. Why would you put this on, Hicks? I just told you I hate this fucking song.
2: Yeah, but they blow now, so it's like a, like a victory thing.
3: No, because oh. in my mind... Stargell's still there and it took us a full fucking year to get back. Sorry. Um let's go over here to uh Tony. Tony you're on run whoop. Tony you're on the run of show.
8: Hey guys, love the show?
3: Um yeah. What can we do for you?
8: Oh, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I'm a Lions fan. I live up in the uh, northern part. I'm actually closer to Green Bay than I would be to Detroit. But as soon as uh, Packers made the Super Bowl, I was—I uh, threw away burnt my Lions hat. I made Green Bay one. I don't mind
6: the bandwagon.
3: So you would actually say, even though you've been a Lions fan your whole life, hey, Green Bay is going to win this year, so I'm going to back them. Hell
8: yeah. yeah. I don't mind the bandwagon.
3: Now, what do you say to a guy like him, Fez? Um, I w- he literally switched teams based on one year. Yeah, it's.
9: Uh, I have no problem with it. That's right, the team.
3: So if your bu- if your brother suddenly, a couple years ago, said to you, I'm a Saints fan because they're winning, you'd have no problem with it.
9: I would be pissed at him, but I could understand why he would do it.
3: Uh, let's go over here to uh, Scott. Scott, you're on my face. Hello. Yeah.
8: All right. Now, I don't normally ever call the show... But I consider myself a good fan. But I think you guys got a little bit of a contradiction going here because if the guys call in and they say shit to piss off Fez, he he calls them uh, a bad a bad fan. But then when the guys call in that want to give him advice over the phone, then you hit him with that fucking advice show sound, which is hilarious. But but I don't know what you know what's right or wrong.
3: What what is right or wrong, Fez? You've got to start and establish something for yourself. Yeah, a bad fan is. By the way, you got any dead man certs? Yes, I do. Man, I'm becoming addicted to them. This is going to be your thing now that your dad passed away. You're going to keep that going.
9: Yeah, the, uh, he always carried a roll of wintergreen certs in his pocket. Always had them since his, I could remember when I was little. So
3: you're going to be certs guy, like, hey, anybody want those certs?
9: Yeah, i always ha- I'll always have a roll of wintergreen certs. The problem is, I'm one of those people. That if they have like a pack of gum mm-hmm. or a thing of mints, I will sit there and eat all of them until they're gone. So yeah. I'm just going through crazy amount of certs.
3: I wish your dad would have kept chicken wings in his pockets.
9: Hell yeah. Some
3: blue cheese. Why blue cheese? I just like to dip some blue cheese on them. What? You're supposed to go blue cheese into the celery. What? You don't put blue cheese on the wing.
2: Hell yeah. I had fucking doubt, doubt in it, yeah.
9: I've never put the wing in the saw, in the what? in the blue cheese. You got a sauce for the wing? I need double down. Cool that. Cool that hotness
2: off. Doesn't make sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense to me.
3: I don't think you were even paying attention to the show today.
2: Oh, I know what's going on. I don't think so.
3: Fez invited angry callers to call in. Jason, and no, he didn't. We're talking about fanship of things. Fez didn't invite angry callers to call in. He'll destroy them. Jason, you're on Fez.
11: Uh, Good morning, fellows. Uh, Fez, you're a radio genius. Uh,
8: now, if you're a sports fan and you do not root for your team, if you switch teams, you have no integrity as a fan. Being a fan is about community. You have a community with that team. You support it through thick and thin. And these assholes who jump from team to team have zero integrity.
3: I kind of agree with what Jason's saying here. Now, let me say this. When Michael Jordan played, I was always glad to see Michael Jordan play. I'm like, I know I'm seeing something that I'm not going to have this experience forever. But, never put on the fucking bull stuff. Never uh, would cheer for him against the Sixers. But it was great to sit down and watch Michael Jordan. I think you're insane if you don't go... Michael Jordan's good. I feel the same way about Jeter. I can look at Derek Jeter and go, man, it's been really cool to be in New York uh, during the Jeter years. Does that mean I want to put on a Yankees cap and go there? Nope. Not going to fucking do it. Not going to go around acting like I'm a Yankees fan because they just happen to be great. Um, Here's... uh, Here's Brian. Brian Yarmolnikas.
6: Hey guys, uh, I back you up here, Ron. I hated uh, Willie Stargell too, but two things that he did really kind of stood out to me. Uh, first off, where he hit that gigantic home run, it was like in the early '70s in Vet Stadium. It, they used to have a star up there, and if you stood up at, like next to that star and looked down at the field, it looked like they literally could have flown an airplane yeah. into there. It was that high up. <clears throat> but the best thing is his quote about. Uh, Steve Carlton saying trying to hit Carlton was like trying to hit trying to drink coffee with a fork. The so, the yeah, thing about
3: Willie Stargell is and the reason why I hated him, I hate him out of respect. That's how you want to hate. You don't. I didn't hate the guy because he didn't run out the ball or he thought he was bigger than the game. I hate him because he crushed every fucking dream that I was having. Um, Here is uh, Joe. Joe, you're on the run of Fez show.
8: Hey, buddies. Ronnie B. You know better than anybody. I get so frustrated when Philadelphia fans get that shitty reputation. The reality is we don't go to these games and boo for booing, you know, for the sake of booing. we watched a lot of shit over the years. And if you go out there on the field or the ice or what have you and and you give it your all, we're right there with you. But if you lay down on us, that's when we're going to give you hell.
3: It is very, very true. And that – but – you disagree with that, Fez. I
9: disagree completely. I think that's just adding negativity to the team. Maybe there's a slump going on and your own fans booing you. You've got so many road games where you're going to get booed. Why do you need it at home? Because
3: too? they're saying we expect the best out of you. We don't want to see you come in here and play anything less than 100% professional. Whatever happened to people caring about being a professional? Whatever happened to people going, no matter what is happening, thick and thin, I have a professional job to do. Certainly, we expect that out of the troops. We expect it out of our cops. What is wrong with the expect this out of some of these entertainers? Um, Mike, Mike in Boston, you're on Manifest.
8: Hey, guys. Yeah, I hate the Red Sox because of the fans.
3: Well, tell me why.
8: Well, you know, the girls with their pink hats, their pink Ellsbury shirts, their Pedroia shirt They're just the most annoying fans on the planet.
3: So, did you hate them before they won the series, though? Yeah, I did. See, but I never cool I never had cool a... All of a sudden to like them. Yeah, I kind of feel like I started to hate them when they use the term Red Sox Nation. I hate any of that kind of shit. You know, like, well, let's make it about us. You know, we're this great thing that... I'm like, I hate the fucking 12th man. Mm-hmm. I think that's stupid. Um, stop acting like there's something about you, though. Let's go over to Ed. Ed, you're on Runa Fez.
8: Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, yeah. I think, basically, a bad fan is somebody that... Like a Yankee fan. I'll come on I'm a Mets fan, but these Yankee fans... All of a sudden, the playoffs starts, and everyone's wearing Yankee shirts. All of a sudden, you see everyone is a Yankee fan.
3: Um, Yeah, it does happen. Now, the weird thing is, when the Mets win, you're going to be annoyed that suddenly people are wearing Mets gear. I could not believe how much Jets gear I started to see last year uh, at the end of the season. And I know it wasn't from people going, I've been a quiet Jets fan. I honestly think people are like, hey, they're winning, they're crazy, I want to, you know, do something else. I, I just want something to stick to me. Gary, you're on Ron and Fez.
8: Oh, uh, yeah, buddy. Um, I- I'm an ultimate fan of the Ron and Fez show, so I, I guess I'm going to have to give some crap
0: here to uh, Fez. He, uh, he- now he's carrying shirts or-, or something like that around in tribute to his dad. Why don't you do the ultimate tribute? Uh, find your woman, get married, settle down, have some kids, name some after your dad.
3: Why don't you do that, Fizz?
9: Um, I can have the Dick Hillier memorial certs. I'm not getting married at this point.
3: The memorial certs is kind of a strange idea, though I'm liking it, and I'm liking this chicken wing thing you've been talking about.
9: No one's going to tell me how to attribute my father. It's ridiculous.
3: Now you're fighting with everybody. Now you're angry with every single person.
9: It's a nice thing for uh, me to carry his mints around.
3: Now you're just a whirling dervish of, I'll I'll battle anyone who's coming in. Um, Here's Blahard, German fez. You
0: know, I've been so conflicted with the uh, NBA and the Nets and the Knicks. The idea of the Nets actually moving to Brooklyn is so exciting. And yet, in my heart of hearts, I just can't let go of the Knicks and a lot of friends of mine are already jumping on the Nets bandwagon. When the Nets come to Brooklyn, I'm going to get season tickets. I can't wait. It's not that far from here, the arena. Uh, I just can't let go. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, tradition, memories. And overall, it's just so hard for me to change a team. And when that guy said earlier about integrity, it's not really integrity, but it's about being a serious fan. I could never, ever abandon my teams. Right now. Uh, let me I, ask you this, I,
3: though, Blowhard. If the Nets, instead of putting the Nets on their shirts, they put Brooklyn, that would mean a lot to you.
0: It would, but it, I still can't let go of my tradition and being a loyal Nick fan, no matter how bad they suck. I have the memories of Willis Reed and Walt Frazier, and then later on with uh, the Ewing years. Mm-hmm. And I just can't let go of that. And the same, like right now, I'll give you another example. Uh, the ownership of Madison Square Garden, this guy Jim Dolan uh, from the Cablevision scumbag family, I just despise him.
10: You hate and him.
0: I hate the ownership. And to root for my Knicks and Rangers, it's very hard. The same way when Steinbrenner is at the peak of his prickdom, it was so hard for me back when he was fucking with Yogi Berra, back when he was firing a new secretary every week, when he treated Dig Houser like shit. So it sometimes it goes deeper than uh, just the team itself. But I can't let go. It's just such a ridiculous relationship. And even now with the Jets, I've been suffering with the Jets since 1969 when they won the Super Bowl and. But that one day when they win, it's going to be so great, as opposed to me jumping around and not being a Cowboys fan. And and, and, and that's the strange thing. People just want to just jump around and be associated with but it. But they want
3: to have some fun, too, Blohard. You, you're going to seem like you're not a fun fan anymore. You're a very serious fan.
0: No, I, I I don't take it as serious as I used to because I, 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 I love the game. But I would love to see my doormat team, like the Jets, who've been talking a lot of shit, and let's face it, even though they didn't win it all this year and last year, Rex Ryan is insanely funny, and the team is just full of characters, and it, it, it's exciting, again, to, to root for the Jets, but you're right. I haven't seen a Jet jacket or a T-shirt in he, years around here. Here's
3: what kills me, though. I'm just worried that he's going to be like his dad, where he'll this is the peak for that fucking Ryan family. He can take him up to this point, but no further. Thanks a lot. Let's go over here to Joe in D.C. You're on my Hey,
8: boys. Yeah. Listen, I'm not a hardcore sports fan, so maybe I can't relate. But earlier you had a caller that said he's not about the fans. He's about what the team stands for. What the fuck does that mean?
3: Well, you live in D.C., right? I do. So you know that there is a heritage to that Redskins name and that goes back with the people who grew up there. So that means something to them. So a lot of times it's not even about today's present-day players, but if you take a guy like Blowhard and you bring up the Knicks to him, and why does he like the Knicks? He'll talk a long time before he gets ever to Carmelo Anthony. doesn't mean that's got very little with how he feels about it. So it's almost about tradition and about where he grew up.
8: Well, I kind of get your point, but there ain't no tradition. What, a bunch of redskins is about the Indians? I'm the furthest from an Indian or a redskin You you don't understand
3: the tradition is passed down from fathers to sons or grandfathers. Yes, there is a tremendous tradition that has nothing to do with the ownership of that team, the logo, or anything else. It's about fathers and sons spending time with this team. And, yeah, I will think about it all the time. Uh with the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't even think it has a... Uh, I think it's got very, very, very little to do with even baseball itself. Uh, let's go over here to Bill. Bill, you're on Fez.
8: Hey, Ronnie. Uh, fez says he carried around the search Memorial of his dad, but his dad used to make cakes for everybody. Why doesn't he bring in a Memorial cake
3: once in a while? Are uh, you going to start baking?
9: I was really thinking about that, trying to take one of his uh, signature cakes that he always made mm-hmm. and trying to make that and bring it in for everyone. I think that's a good idea.
3: Or, what if you lived your own life? Instead of trying to make up these things.
9: Well, that's true. I mean, I mean, I could keep making... Well, no, that's his, too. I was going to say the bean salad.
3: Um... When did this thing become immemorial? What is it all about that? Because, as I said, I've been doing this show with you for a lot of years. You never brought up your dad once. You never said to me, Hey, you know who I'm crazy about? My dad. Now it's become all-encompassing. Everything is memorial. Everything is done the way he did it. I wish that you would have been moved like this when he was still alive. It would have been crazy for us. Um... I'm starting to wonder if it's not getting a little crazy slash creepy that you're going to make cakes and hand out certs. I don't know about the cakes. And though, you're man. sleeping with a shirt. Now, do all those things if you want. Again, I don't know what it's got to do with anything, though. I really don't. Um, let's go over here to uh, Rocco, you're on manifest.
8: Hey, Ron, I want to uh, know what you thought about people that bet against their team. You think that's uh, a bad thing to do as a fan, or you think you know, it's kind of uh, a win-win situation?
3: Well, you know, when I was younger, before the internet uh, would have the, you know, official lines out there. Let's say if you wanted to bet for the Eagles, right? You were better off betting in New York than you were in Philadelphia because the local bookies there were going to have a lot of people who just wanted to bet with it. So when I grew up, the worst lines that I would ever get was betting an Eagles game or betting a fucking Notre Dame game because those Catholics would just bet. They didn't give a shit what was happening. I think if you want to bet some real money, bet against fucking Notre Dame because I think that line across the country because of the Catholic thing is always screwed up. Uh, but no, you can't... You know, a gambler is a gambler. It has very little to do with being uh, a fan one way or another. Uh, leader, you're on run of Fez. Let's
8: go Fez! Let's go Fez! Bean salad! Bean
3: salad!
9: Why don't you change that to let's blow Fez, and then do what you enjoy?
3: Uh, well, would will we'll change the bean salad part to so.
9: Uh, The bean salad to toss my salad. That's
3: really good. I'm loving that.
9: That's easy enough.
3: Leader, I hate to say this to you, but Fez fucking trounced you today. With the let's blow Fez and toss salad, that's fucking great. It's dirty.
9: Chan it in your dreams, big boy.
3: Uh, Andy, you're on run of Fez. Andy.
8: Oh, sorry. Hey, guys. Uh, Yeah, I moved from uh, Atlanta to southeast Louisiana in 2003 and stayed a Falcons fan for uh, the first few years I was here. But then after uh, going through Katrina and, and all that, that uh, first game back in the Dome in uh, 2006, I believe it was, you know, that, that brought me into the uh, Saints community, and I could care less about the
3: Falcons now. Now, here's the funny thing. We always said 10-year rule. You're going to live somewhere 10 years. Uh, and I believe the blowhard made that up. But I think since he's been through Katrina, yeah. Now, in the same way, It's like when the Yankees win or when the Giants win, I'm normally happy for the people around me here. I don't feel like i got to put on a Giants fucking Super Bowl jersey to be part of that. But when the Giants won and I saw uh, Pitsy and Dave and all those people going crazy, yes, I was very fucking happy for them. Doesn't mean that I need to have the happiness on me, though. I don't need to, hey, all three of us are Giants fans. I got a big kick out of them having the time of their life. Higgs, I forgot what you are. Are you more Jets or Giants? I guess I'm
2: more Jets, but I really don't have a... I just like the gambling aspect of football. But if I had to pick between the two, I'd say Jets. All right,
3: baseball, where are you? Yankees. All right, now, you know, Johnny's already offered us some Yankees stuff because he's got the hard rock in there. Oh, it's
2: Oh, yeah, it's sick, yeah.
3: The problem is you didn't show up at his thing... Uh, well, his best friend in the whole world. I really wanted to go. Eddie Trunk.
2: I had work to do. I apologize.
3: And maybe you I'm... really want to go to that Yankees game with us and sit in Steinbrenner's box. Oh, shit. But you're not going to have that thing because you let down. I don't want to let anybody down. I'm sorry, guys. I wanted to go. Uh, Chris, you're on run of Fez. Let's go over to Pete. Pete, you're on run of Fez.
8: Right, B, how are you, man? Hey, I want to take you back to your chi- Yo. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, uh, I want to take you back to your childhood. Uh, the scenario is the fills uh, are up by a run, bottom of the seventh, Von Hayes is up, uh, nobody out, Juan Samuel's on third. What noise does your father make when uh, uh, Von Hayes strikes out?
3: Well, first of all, as far as the boobirds, my dad never was one of those. Now, my uncle was a gigantic fucking boobird. And still is to this day. And a person who heavily curses at the games. And I'm not taking the N-bomb off of that. But my dad never had that fucking connection with, like, I win and lose with the teams. And I don't allow myself to do it either. Like, I want them to win. I'll feel fucking bad if, you know, when they're knocked out of the playoffs. But I'm not crushed. It doesn't affect the rest of my life. You know, I don't act like it happened to me. I think that's taking it too far. All right, we got a break here. Uh, when we come back, uh, I want to tell you a deal that they're running on the Robbie Robertson um, music today and today only. Right back, Ron and Fez Show.
8: The virus. The Ron and Fez Show.
3: Uh the Ron and Fe show. This is my very, very good friend, my very close friend, Robbie Robertson. His new album, which is fantastic, Clapton playing on it, Tom Morello. I forget who's half the other people, Hicks. Another great guitar player. Robert King. Randolph. Robert Randolph, another great friend of ours. Uh Amazon's running a deal today for twenty four hours. This new Robbie Robertson, uh, how to be clairvoyant three ninety nine. So we live in crazy times here. There's no reason to go and steal music when you can get it this cheaply. Uh, so head on over, three ninety nine, great way to pick up some of this uh, great uh, music. Look who is just in here, our best girlfriend of our, all time, the I would say virginal daughter of the Ron and Fez show, our own Lily. Lily in the house.
12: Hello, Hello. Lily. Hi. It's great to be back.
3: And you were letting on some stuff to me. When you used to be with us, you had a long-time affair with Chris Stanley. (laughs) And I thought you two used to fight back and forth.
12: Well, you know, it's that whole, you know, you fight when you really love each other.
3: I did not know that. And you said it was kind of like a Borgia (laughs) brother-sister taboo thing. Is that called the Borgias, this new show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to watch it.
12: Well, I love Jeremy Irons, but I just can't get into this show yet. I
3: don't know what it is about that time period that annoys me. And a throne always bores me. I don't see what's so great about sitting in that one chair.
12: Yeah, and that show Spartacus, did you see that? No. There was was just a ton of sex in it, it. which really kept me in it.
3: Yeah, But it was just,
12: I can't, it's, it's too far out of my reality to really you said you it.
3: love to watch people fuck that's your thing <laughs> you just can't get enough of that
12: that attracted I, her to chris <laughs> <laughs> oh was the sex part or watching him
3: <laughs> watching oh but okay. i do
12: always uh if i see a couple I'll, I'll sometimes try to imagine what they would be like having sex i it's didn't know that about thing. you so yeah. sometimes i enjoy it i'll imagine it and then other times i'm like okay Screaming. i gotta stop yeah to stop
3: yeah, I don't do that. I don't think I do. Now I do it with women, but I don't, I couldn't <laughs> imagine doing it with a woman and another guy. I I'm just very
12: that... cu- curious to know what people's sexual styles are and what they're like together. And
3: that's what you had with Eastside Dave. You were always like, I wonder what Dave, would, if that would be th- well, well, he used to call it 30 seconds of pleasure. Ah. Uh. Uh, you are out of Rochester. I am, yeah. I just moved back down. You left and uh, you missed the town. You missed Rochester.
12: Um, I missed some of my friends there. Yeah, I, I made some really.
3: Overall, great it was friends. a positive experience. It was, it was a, a positive.
12: No, it was. It was absolutely a positive experience. Yeah. It was a necessary experience. It was a growth for me. I'll be grateful for the people who allowed that to happen and less mm. grateful than for the people who took away my job. Oh, they did take away fine. your job. Sure. You
3: decided that uh, it was a personal thing, it wasn't a cut thing. E- yeah.
12: It Maybe is' a little bit.: It's of always both. personal. Yeah. Life is terrible. Yeah.
3: Uh, but now you're back with Hicks, where you've always wanted to be.: yeah. You were, in terms of producing the only person who cared about unmas the way I do. And these I love other that people show. try. These other people try, but they don't have that same thing that you had for it.
12: Well, I'm back.
3: Oh God, if we could only have Lily back.:
12: I'm back.
3: <laughs> um, so. Hopefully the right people are listening. And- yeah, well, I know you got a lot of fans in this building. I know you got a lot of fans in this building. Really? Yeah. There's some people, uh, Jeremy Coleman, who I have to get an urgent message to, the genius Taylor, on my street. Been there since the 1970s, and I saw Jeremy on my street one day with his suitcase, and I'm like, "Where are you going, dude? There's no, you know, you're not at the airport or the train station." <laughs> and he had his suits in a suitcase that he was taking to the tailor. He's moving. To your S- neighborhood? No, he's out of my neighborhood after oh, being okay. there since the 1970s. Uh, so I've got to get an emergency out to Jeremy that he has got to be able to follow. This guy, this guy had to fight with his landlord. And he's <laughs> like, fuck you, I leave. Fuck you. I don't know if that's his uh, even accent, but I know it's <laughs> something foreign. Um, so this is crazy for me.
12: Yeah.
3: It changes the whole block. I don't even know if I want to be there anymore.
12: But it's a great neighborhood, right?
3: Yeah, it's a great neighborhood. It's terrific, but I don't like to lose anybody. And uh, Artie died last year, and now this. And I am carrying certs around and giving them out to people because that's what Artie used to do. It's one after another. Chris Stanley, you are not getting along with your girlfriend, and now Lily's back in.
2: No, you? I love Ooh. her very much, and there is actually no problems. Could you the say opposite. that?
3: Could you say that louder in case there is deaf people who uh, are, f- are hearing for the first time? Is she send- in the room? I'll send some of the smoke signals.
12: Yeah, I mean, thanks, Chris. I get the point. You know? were,
3: you, were your parents
12: hard of hearing? Is that
2: why you <laughs> scream everything? Couldn't hear very well, no. They, they didn't. Or weren't good listeners.
3: Not only does he talk loud, but I'll show you what he does. Like, you play the part of me, Fez, and I'll be Chris Stanley, who really wants you to have a good show today. And I'll show you what Chris does with me all the time. So tell me something you need for the show. Oh, I
9: need to get that CD.
3: Get the CD all played up and recorded and hand it back to you. He fucking yells at me what he thinks I want. And I'm like, just relax, even if this takes a couple moments. He's tightly wound today. Yeah, he is. Or every day. We might need a three-day weekend for him very, very soon. And then we got to look into uh, a vacation. It's hard to have vacations when Fez is gone half the time. So, like... When do we bring a vacation and have them say, what, again? So, you know, you walk on eggshells. You know, it. you were in the business, Lily. I don't have to tell you. Um, but here's Dave. Dave, you have a question for Lily.
8: Yeah, Lily, uh, big fan, long time. Had heard from you. How many inches have you uh, attached to your cock rope?
3: I forgot that. Lily always said that she would imagine if there was a rope of cock, how long it would be now. <laughs> Doesn't need to be that long, you know. Would it be a first down? Jesus, that's really big. Um, That's only 10 yards of cock. (laughs) It's a mere 10 yards. It's a few yards too much. Um, So you are back. What did you want to talk about today? And uh, by the way, I can't hear too well because of Chris Stanley.
12: Well,. It's funny that you said that about hearing. I can't I did wear wanna, headphones. I wa- did want to talk about our senses, which is probably not what people usually want Every me 10 to talk years,
3: about. there's a census, and we have to all make sure that we're... I'm putting down mixed senses. race
9: this year just to <laughs> screw with them.
3: Why don't you put down mixed sex? <laughs> so I got into this, um,
12: this conversation with one of my cousins about our senses and which one of our five senses is most important. Well, that's when a great conversation when when um you know notifying us of danger and he works in the uh fragrance uh, fragrance uh company mm-hmm. so he is adamant that our se- uh, our sense of smell is most important
3: well it and he uses, may be for some animals, but we don't have the sense of smell like that a wolf has.
12: Well, he was saying like if you were smelling a fire, that could notify us. If you're smelling like bad food before you eat it, and uh, here's so the it problem. Harm
3: you. Here's the problem with the senses yeah. and, and smell. I think it takes us as humans a while to figure out what that smell because we will always do this. Is that bad here? Smell this. Man. You know, like we don't tell. My sense is so good. I know this is bad. Like if you, with your eyes, if you look down and you saw a mold on something, you're like, you would drop it and you'll stand back. There's a mold here. But if you smelled something bad, you're like, I'm not sure. I don't trust it completely.
12: But you smell things typically before you even see them, no? Like if you walked into a room and you smell something, like in your kitchen, you're like, wait, something is bad. There's something bad in here. Is it the garbage that's thinking?
9: You would is have it? to find
3: it. Yeah. But but yeah, but that's, yeah, but that's only because that's something that is giving off an odor and is not easily seen. Right. I mean, if I can see a fire, I'm not going to... Even though I see it, I'm going to keep trying to smell. Now, I will tell you this. there is uh, There is some company that did an alarm system where the video alarms would go on. And what they would do is make sure that you looked up at the camera, okay? And they did something... That, had to, that affected us on a cellular level, going back to our days of being half animals, mm-hmm. you know. And they would just have a twig break. And if a twig breaks, the human being immediately, not through any sense of itself, turns to see right. what is breaking that twig. So that makes me think, sound. Sound, yeah. Very, very important.
12: But then all you can do is hear danger. That's it. You know what I mean?
3: So you're saying if you had to get rid of your other senses. Yeah. Uh, you have to remember that for years we just had radar sound. Right. Sound. Sound. Uh fez most important sense in terms of danger. Um I'll say touch
9: where if like something is hot or you know you Someone's coming up behind you, you can feel, you can kind of feel the footsteps Absolutely coming? Absolutely
3: not. You can't feel the footsteps coming. If someone was running up behind you? You, you are hearing the footsteps, and that makes the feeling change. Oh, but okay. But you're not feeling footsteps. You're not that good, Fez. Yeah, because if you're you, not a beluga whale where you're fucking telling if there's
12: different <laughs> currents going, because if you lost all your other senses and all you had was touch and somebody was breaking into your house, you'd you're have to fucked. wait until they got really, really close to you or at least touched you before you even knew
3: that there was some potential danger. Yeah, that thing that you feel is the, your body reacting to your hearing. Hicks, most important sense to detect for danger.
2: I'm to to go sound because that could sound can replace vision. You can hear something getting closer. If you don't have your sight, your sound can can save you more than, say, touch or smell or whatever.
3: I just don't think our smell is developed enough. I get that a deer can smell something from a mile and a half away and know that there's human, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it works that well for us.
12: But it can also affect other senses. Like if you lose your sense of smell, you
3: automatically lose your sense of uh, taste. Right. You know?
12: So it's it's more important than a lot of
3: people think, I think. Who are we just talking about that lacks a sense of taste? Oh, Eastside Dave. Really? Uh, Yeah. Well, here's what happened to him. When he was a kid, like five years old, he chugged um, bug... Juice of some kind that an Exterminator had, thinking it was iced tea, still went back, sat down, watched TV, got sick. He chugged whiskey that his dad had at five years old, or his grandfather sat down, watched TV, got drunk, didn't know it, still thought it was iced tea. Even now, as an adult, it would be tough for you to chug whiskey. So since he lacks a, taste, a sense of taste, and this may have become because he had the drowning thing when he was young, I think he lacks the sense of smell. Which is why he can drink a tremendous
12: amount of alcohol.
3: And why he's the only person that could stay in there with hex farts <laughs> and not be totally there. moved by it. Close room out. Uh, Don, you're on run a fez.
8: Hey, I think that sight is, is the most important sense. I mean, like, you've got, you know, uh, she was saying smell, but there's things like hydrogen sulfide, HS2. Like, the minute that it enters your nose, it, it, there's something in it that, like, stops you from smelling it anymore. But you can see the cloud. I work in the plants, that's why. But you can actually see the cloud coming towards you. If you don't know which, way, which direction it's coming from,
13: you're pretty much screwed.
9: But there's um, so many dangers that are out of sight, like the car that you don't see coming.
3: No, we get it. I mean, no matter what you're doing, we we have five senses because we need five senses. There, There's no doubt about it. But uh, Helen Keller... Who lacked everything? You know what she said was the worst sense not to have hmm. hearing, because it made her entire life lonely. She said, "Yeah." And by saying that, I mean she had to write it down, because <laughs> she couldn't talk for shit. Um, now, having said that, I think to be blind would be a tough thing for me to pull off. I like to see stuff.
12: Oh yeah, I'm, it would be hard. But hearing, though, no yeah. music.
3: And that Marley Matlin thing that she goes through, where everybody has to. By the way, I'm watching that the other night. As she's crying, her interpreter is crying. He's crying. He doesn't even have feelings unless he gets them from her. They're fucking twisted together. Um, let's go over to um, um, Mike. Mike, you're on my first. Yeah, Ron, I thought
8: that's make the I think Eastside Dave has a lack of brains,
3: not taste. No, the, there's no one to agree with you, Dave thinks differently from most people, but in his own way, genius. Lily, back me up on that. Absolutely. I'm the biggest East Side Day fan. Now, he's not a genius in the normal way of looking at it, right. but I don't think Beck is a genius in the normal way of looking at it, and yet I think he's brilliant. Um, let's go over to um, Sean. Sean, you're on Fez. Hey, I thought
8: of another one for Fezzi to worry about is electricity, because you wouldn't uh, smell it hear it and then you would touch it it'd be too late
3: yeah you're not going to get around electricity
9: yeah there's no way to there's no sense that will protect you against that
3: all right but have you ever been out in a lightning storm and the hair starts to come up that would be like a sense of touch where you can feel something dramatic going down and i i mean i can't imagine i mean we're talking about this to not have a sense of touch to have everything numb Mm. And you can't even feel anybody touching you. No, sex would be awful. Sex would be horrible. Ugh. Matter of fact, I guess you're impotent right off the bat. Right. I mean, how could you have an orgasm? You, you can't. have no sense of of touch. I'd fuzzy.
9: You would never know if you were in a chair correctly. If you were actually, se- if you would always have that sense of I'm going to fall because you would never know if you were actually on the chair.
3: Here's the sad thing. Immediately, we go to sex, and he goes to sitting in a chair. <laughs> and it breaks my heart for certs, man. I know. Hicks, it breaks my heart for him. Surtzy, it's going to be okay. Oh, is that going to be your new nickname?
9: No, I think that's a shot at my dad. That was mean.
3: He'll always have a mint cert on, on him now. In, in memory? His dad. Yeah. That's sweet, I guess. No, I don't know whether, because I know you feel that. See, here's the weird thing. Lily brought up her dad every day on the show. Her dad's still living. But every day we had to hear about something about her dad. Or if you ever did anything good, she would be like, you remind me of my dad. (laughs) And then if you ever did anything uh, bad, she'd be like, you're nothing like my dad. (laughs) But I'm watching the Gwyneth Paltrow. It's the, I don't know the name of the show, Who Are You or something, where they try to go back and find their roots. Okay, right. She said her dad was the love of her life until he died. Now, she met her bad singer after that. But up to then and I thought it was the weirdest thing and she brought it up constantly. And I'm like, I know that she means it because she said it before, like you do. Right. Fez we didn't even know cared about his dad until after he died. And now we find out he's a Guanapatro. And he wasn't before. And I have the feeling that if Corky dies, he'll be like, My big brother was everything to me. We've never we never really know who Fez is. Right.
12: He's lost in the, maybe the character? I don't
3: know. He's only lost one one sense, though.
9: But it doesn't mean I didn't care about my father or love him.
3: No, I didn't say that at all. I'm saying we just never know. And then I set you up with the only, uh, he's only lost one sense. And you left me hanging. Oh, which one? Well, now I'm going to say humor. Now I'm going to say the sense of humor because you (laughs) left me out there. But we will never know the original joke. Um, let's go over to, um, Lady Trucker, Fez's best friend.
8: Yeah, my favorite sense is smell. I think Fez's favorite sense is literally scent. You squeeze and fan that ain't Lincoln diet, uh, Christ.
9: Oh, Jesus Anytime Christ. anyone's around you, people would love to cut off their noses and try to pull out their sinuses to lose their sense of smell. It's
3: never happened. I don't think anyone's Oh, I think pull. it has. I people think you're, are just- you're
9: exaggerating. Yeah.
3: Pulled out their sinuses. <laughs>
9: Trying to just, whatever it is, any <laughs> gland that would but help I, in the process of smell, I they'd say want this. to take it out and burn it right there on a bonfire.
3: I'm going to tell you this. I've never seen a sinus my entire life. I've never seen a sinus. I wouldn't wouldn't know what one was. What would a sinus burning smell like? You wouldn't know. Yeah. What would be great is then you could throw it at people in the eye, hit them in the eye and yell, I'm blinding you with science. <laughs> um... <laughs> Let's go over to um, Renzo, Ronas, Benzo. What's up, dude?
8: What's up? Uh, yeah, I think you guys are going about this all wrong. I think it's all about environment. If someone's chasing you in the forest, you're going to rely on your hearing because you can't see shit in the forest. Or if someone's chasing you in the desert, you're going to rely on your seeing because you're going to gauge how far they are. Like, First you know of all, already, no one's so going to be
3: chasing me I'm from the, through the, the desert. I'll lay down and die <laughs> before I'm running around in hot sand. <laughs> So, what did you tell your your cousin?
12: Oh, I actually agreed with the sense of smell because I never, I guess I never really thought about it being Mm. as important, you know? I I thought it was like a throwaway sense, to be honest
3: with you. But but let's do this. (laughs) Throwaway sense. There (laughs) are no throwaway senses. (laughs) I mean, your life would be pretty fucking terrible. And the sad thing is, we lose smell and taste Mm -hmm. as we grow older. Now, the good thing is then then you're able to eat more things that you can't when you're little. I remember my sense of taste was so acute as a kid that it would be overwhelming. Any new food would be like right. either the most fantastic thing or, oh, my God, I have to spit this out of my mouth. Now, as an adult, you could give me anything and I, I wouldn't feel the need to spit it on the table. But when I was a kid, I don't like this. And you want to. <laughs> Fucking take the uh, like the the tablecloth and rub <laughs> it off your tongue, but do you think that's because we
12: you know develop a more acquired taste or no. because we're losing our, our I taste. think
3: we're losing our taste and it dulls it down, and quite frankly, it makes it even a little easier to control and live with. yeah, I think if a person had the taste buds of a three year old they it would be overwhelming. It would be overwhelming what those children go through, and that's why if you give them a lima bean and they don't like it. They spit it out, man. and I've got to get away from this. Uh, Pat, man, you're on the Run show.
8: Yeah, I think uh, you're onto something there with the, um, the sound, because in the Army, they, they trained us. We, we, you know, the other caller who said it was all environmental, we were training for woodland, and uh, sound was, we would just do drills and drills of, you know, maintain sound discipline, be quiet, listen for your surroundings, and just see, uh, you know, or hear, rather, what, what's going on.
3: So it was sound for you.
8: It was sound for us, yeah. And, and like I said, we were training for for woodland defense uh, in the army. So, but that other caller was on something there with you. It's all environmental. It, it depends what's handed to you.
3: Mm. So, does that surprise you in the army? They're tra- they're teaching sound. It doesn't really surprise me. Shocks you? You thought they would train the sense of smell. All right. Someone writes into us. Hmm. Love to get to know Lily's sexual style. Why do you want to continue to do radio when <laughs> people write shit like that? You know,
12: I think one time you said about me that I would I my perfect idea of a radio show would be a radio show with no callers or no <laughs> listeners. And I think it's true because the listeners are really can be awful sometimes.
3: But what you would like to do is sit alone with a microphone <laughs> yes. and feel like there's that that's going to podcast though.
12: Yeah. yeah. I got it. I think I may need to enter that world. I'm getting way, really frustrated without having a microphone in front of my It
3: head. is awful once yeah. you've you've had the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second worst thing is a microphone like Fez has that has that weird thing <laughs> setting down. You're in hell today.
9: I'm absolutely in hell. It's, this microphone is being propped up by a thin rod, and it looks like the whole thing is just going to collapse. It's in the way of the board. It's a mess.
3: Mm. Um, Kyle, you're on the run of Fez show.
8: Hey, hey guys. Uh, I think you guys are overlooking the, the, the power of, of losing this, the, the sense of sight. I mean, I think you're, you're relying on uh, your, your sense of sight when you're saying how bad it would be to lose these other senses because, oh, you know, at least I'll have my, my uh, sight if I, you know, it would suck to lose uh, my hearing, but, oh, I'll still have my sight.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, sense of sight would be, it's oddly claustrophobic to me. Right. Because I feel like the blackness is now pushed against me.
12: But you'd be surprised. I mean, you ever walk in, in the woods at night? And it's completely dark, and, and you have to up. rely, yeah. And you just have to rely on you know your other senses to get you through. Mm. I don't think sight is that important. Take my eyes, what do
3: I care? Because you don't want to end up like Stevie Wonder. You don't know sure. how you'll be dressing. I mean, obviously. But it, look,
12: I have my sense of sight right now. Look how I'm dressing right now. Not anything. Yeah, but no the thing
3: is, if you weren't, I'd be like going like this. <laughs> or I'd have my hands like like almost grabbing your tits, so the guys would be <laughs> laughing. And you know, you would have to put up with that constantly. Mm-hmm. You don't know when you're the butt of a joke. Well, well, well! Look who it is, Hot Liz.
13: Hi. How you doing, darling? I'm good. I actually have a little story about this. Okay. Um, my on my paternal, I'm oh, sorry, on my maternal grandfather's side of the family, everyone is missing this certain olfactory gland that affects their smell. My mother has it. I have it a little bit. My sister and my grandfather has it really bad, and it affects like the keenness of your sense of smell, and in turn, it affects your taste. So we all, not only do we all like like really spicy food, but we have like an extremely high tolerance for it. Because of like, because of this lack of this sense of smell, we can all like tolerate spicier food. So when my grandfather in World War II, before he went to the Philippines, was stationed, uh, in Southern California, he and his buddies used to leave the base and cross the border into Mexico, Mm
1: -hmm.
13: and he used to bet the local Mexicans in the little like dive bars into habanero eating contests. And he was this little Italian guy from New Jersey. And he used to take all these local Mexicans' money in habanero eating contests.
3: So you think even genetically your family has a less of a sense of smell?
13: No, well, there is. But it's actually been like we all, it it's been like they determined through my mother and my, and, uh, my grandfather definitely is missing certain olfactory glands. And then my mother is missing the same ones. It's actually been like studied by an, uh, by an ENT doctor and, uh, and, uh, and, like, diagnosed in my grandfather and, like, two of his brothers and some of my mom's cousins. And just they all have this very high tolerance and for, uh, like, spicy food and a very, like, weak sense of taste. And my sister and I have uh actually, we have that. We've never actually been diagnosed with a missing olfactory gland, but we have that same, like, like weak sense of taste with certain stuff and, like, high tolerance for, like, really salty stuff and really sour stuff and, like, just a high tolerance for taste things.
3: You're mutants, if you really think about it. It's a type of mutation that is in your family line.
13: It's, it is. It's a little strange, isn't
3: it? It is. All right, Liz.
13: All right. Thanks, guys.
3: Talk to you later, sweetie. Uh, there goes hot Liz. How for teacher. She's a teacher, too. Is she? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a weird thing. There was an Indian tribe that, for some reason, heights did not bother them. And they worked, they would bring them in to work almost at every skyscraper that they were building when they built in the city of New York. And you will see pictures of them 80, 90 stories up, just on a beam. 90 stories up in the air, and you'll see those guys, no ropes, Mm -hmm. uh, eating sandwiches, fucking around, no sense of I could fall to my death. At any moment, it's just a perspective thing when you're up there, you know, because you know how to walk, but somehow, you know,
12: doing it that high, obviously, you just right. you, might can, you can forget. No, right? I
3: get that. I know that if I put a board here, every single one of us will walk right. and then if you move it up two feet, we could still do it four feet. Some people will get nervous once you get six, eight, right? But you also have to take wind into factor. If right. you're up 80, 90 stories, the wind is whipping. And could blow you right off that thing. And yet they are as comfortable as could be. And then why did certain tribes get that? Why was there certain Native Americans? What happened to them genetically that they could be up high?
12: Did they live in, you know, highlands or anything like that? I guess, you know, I mean,
3: really the only kind of highlands we have like that are the Rockies. And I don't think they came in from that far. I don't think they were Western. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. Maybe they brought them in from the West. But I think, and the weird thing is, Hicks has that. That's why he has that Indian hair. He is part of that tribe. And you could put him out on a flagpole right now, <laughs> and he'd be a flagpole sitter. And that's the second Harvey Danger reference in two days. Um, let's go over here to Jeff. You're on the Run a show.
8: Hey, the most important sense is the sixth sense, ESP.
3: Well, I don't know if that's true. I do know this. Fez doesn't know that he's dead, and that's why he has trouble connecting with us, and it's my job to bring him over.
9: Well, I know now. You just told me. Don't be afraid. I see tall people.
8: (laughs) Hey, I got a question of those Indians. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what it is, those Indians, I've read about them before. They said that those guys had an incredible sense of balance, and that when they walked, they didn't walk. Uh, feet side by side they walk feet one in front of another so they had like a very narrow kind of a stride and that helped them with their balance
3: up there now was this a genetic thing or a behavior thing like they were raised to walk that way because it's very interesting to me and i have a giant hobby of this is watching people walk in new york city because you see so many walkers and it's very strange how like we teach a kid to walk like all right, there you go. You're putting stuff, step. And then after that, we feel like we're done. But you look around, and most people walk so poorly. Mm-hmm. I see women walking. I'm like, I know you're going to end up with terrible feet problems. A lot of people, uh, Fez uh, has a slouch to him that he will never feel happy in that slouch. He has the slouch of a depressed man. And when I see him in the morning, I'm like, of course you're not having a good day. But we don't teach people, like, here's the way to walk. They used to in the old days with, like, here's how a lady walks. And we acted like those people were crazy. But it is insane.
12: My When I was a kid, I used to... I don't even think I did it that bad, but I used to walk with my feet sort of facing in, like both my feet. Kind pigeon toed Kind of like, yeah. And uh, my aunt always used to correct me on it. So yeah. now I'm so conscious about it. And I think I'm a great walker now.
3: All right. Let me, uh, I'll, no, I'm not going to have you do it now. I'm going to watch. You're going to watch not. me? Yeah. Okay. But the pigeon toed thing is John Wayne had that walk and it's very, very common. And then you have like a duck waddle. Some people have. But you will look at uh, what women do to themselves with, in heels. Oh, God, yeah. is mm-hmm. stunning to me. And I'll watch them constantly in the city, and I go, don't you realize what you're doing to yourself?
12: Yeah, take care of your feet. That's why I'm not opposed... I don't like metrosexuals so much, mm-hmm. but I am not opposed to men taking care of their feet and maybe even going and get a-, get a pedicure. They hold you up all day. You have to be good to your feet. I love my feet. I
3: take um, I did not know. I love my feet. So you would like to be with a person who has a foot fetish? Absolutely, yes. Now, have you yet? Yes. One. All right. No, this one, I don't want to ask who you you don't know. Is. You don't know him. All right, so what would he do to your feet that most guys wouldn't? J-
12: he just, uh, he would massage my feet, mm-hmm. A, you know, lots of foreplay with my feet, He was just like touching them, crossing them, maybe even putting them in his mouth, you know.
3: It's all good stuff. Ever rubbing it on himself? Yeah, sure. All right, so you're literally with a
12: lunatic. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um. <laughs> but coincidentally, he's a guy who loves heights. He mountain climbs and all that. And we're talking about height and stuff like that.
3: He- was he an Indian?
12: No, he was not an Indian, but he works on some of the bridges around the city doing, like, maintenance on them, and he's one of those guys that goes up he there. He knew
3: up high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now we're here, Now has to do with feet and walking and balance, yeah. and maybe this is all connected, connected, you know. connected together. This is very—believe me, you've given me thrilling information. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go over here to Kevin. Kevin, you're on Renefez. Hey,
8: Ronnie B. Ooh. Lily, lovely Lily. Hey, look, Ronnie, I used to work with that, these Indians like that on these high-rises. Uh, most of them are from upstate New York, Mohawks, Iroquois. I've seen them run across a one-foot-wide beam that was covered with ice 30, 40 stories in the air.
0: Didn't even bother them a that.
3: Now, why would the Mohawk, why would people from upstate New York, because it's not a high-mountain region, why would they be so comfortable with heights?
8: I have no idea. It, it was just scary, crazy.
3: So you believe it to be the Mohawk tribe?
8: Oh yeah, most of them. I was up, I'm from that area. Most, a lot of those guys are steel workers, and it's it's insane what they do. All
3: right, uh, let's go over here to um, let's go to Nate. Nate in Florida, you're on Hey, Roddy,
8: don't you think that just? These uh, Indians are fucking drunk with a fire water. That's why it doesn't bother them. I'll walk across a fucking beam. With, you know, all my inhibitions are gone and when I'm No,
3: drunk. that's bullshit. You yeah, couldn't yeah. be drunk all day like that, no.
12: Then there would be so many deaths. You know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't be able to hold their balance up there, sir.
3: Here's uh, Matt. Matt here manifest.
8: Yeah, hey, Ronnie. I'm from... Uh, I was born on a reservation upstate New York, uh, the Aqua Mohawk Reservation, and uh, a lot of them were steel workers, and it's, a lot of it is the fact that you do... You walk uh, Heel toe instead of like duck walking, like most white people. Right. And also, it comes to the fact that you don't have the fear of heights in the sense of like death. It's from a warrior mentality, also. So, you don't look at it as when you die at the end, you just move on to the next plane or whatever. That's how most of them viewed it.
3: So, they so. were so spiritual that they feel like there was nothing to fear, which would be perfect. I mean, that would help you with that because then you're more likely to become let's face it. When you're nervous about things, it's because you're not nervous about what's happening at that moment. You're ha- nervous about what could happen. Right. And this would be the same of, you're not nervous about walking up ab- against, uh, across that board or a beam when it's down on the floor, because you're like, what, what could happen? I fall off. So what, um, here's uh, Jim, Jim, you're Hey, how's
8: it going guys? Um, in Canada, a lot of the Indians that work in the steel are Chippewa or Ojibwe, and they literally just don't give a shit. That guy who's talking about them being drunk is full of it. They just really, it doesn't care. It's like walking on the ground.
3: Um, so this is more of a warrior attitude. This is what we're now learning. It's not that um, they're given anything new. It's just they're more comfortable with it.
8: Well, yeah, well, I don't know about a warrior because it's not like, boy, I'm so brave. It just doesn't matter. It's the same way that you would walk on the sidewalk. It just doesn't make any difference. They
9: just do it. It sounds like it would apply to all kinds of fears. Like they wouldn't be claustrophobic either if it was just a lack of fear in their attitude.
3: But, you know, it's but but again, a lot of people get into the businesses that they can get into. So as soon as some people get in and they'll be like, oh, these Mohawks are great workers They'll just start and hire Mohawks from there. Same thing happened with the Irish cops. You know, people became Irish cops not because they were such good uh, at detective work. It's because other people in their family got them in. So that's how you end up with one ethnic group yeah. in one area. Hey, I can get in. I can work there. Like the Mexicans in
12: uh, every restaurant in the Tri-State area.
3: Yeah, they're, they're going, hey, do you know anybody else who works with yeah. you? Yeah, I do. Yep. I know some guys that will come up and do the same job. Hi, you're on Renefez.
13: Hi, right, Ron, um as far as them' walking like one foot in front of the other i mean there's there's a lot of Indian tribes that do that. The reason for it was is so if they were being tracked, nobody would know how many people were
8: walking on that trail. If they walked you know one foot in front of the other, you can't sit there and distinguish you know how many people are actually walking there
3: all right, so you said there is something in the background of walking a trail, a trail's narrow, and if we yeah. stay on that trail perfectly, no one will know how many of us there are. And that maybe by being taught like this, like sometimes like you see with dogs, some dogs are good at hunting and all, and they seem to know tricks that their ancestors were taught, you know, like pointers. I never get the fact of a pointer and they'll go, oh, well, they had to be pointed. Yeah, but why would this puppy be able to do it? It's crazy to me. Um, here's Hunter in D.C. Here I'm Running Fizz.
6: Hey, Ronnie B., what's up? Uh, A quick uh, thing to follow up, maybe some background information I pulled from the uh, Smithsonian Institution. It's a quote from uh, Mohawk Indian. He said that a lot of people think Mohawks aren't afraid of heights, and that's not true. We have just as much fear as the next guy. The difference is we deal with it better. We also have the experience of the old-timers to follow the responsibility to lead the younger guys, and there's pride in iron walking.
3: All right, so you're saying that it is all just taught. It's not like a genetic thing, like some tribes have this. It's just taught, here's the way to be a professional.
6: Uh, I think it's a little of both. I'm sure there's something over time and evolution, I guess. But it also seems like a lot of these guys, it it goes all the way back into the uh, 1920s, and these guys then matriculated out into the the city to start building a lot of these buildings. So I think you just get families teaching more families, teaching more families. And so it's a lot more, it's a lot, as much of a learned skill as it is.
3: Well, let me ask you this, Hunter. Do Do you think that the Indians fell as much as the other ethnic backgrounds, or they were better at it?
6: Um, it's a good question. I think, I guess, growing up um, in a reservation, they're kind of isolated from the rest of the uh, society, so I guess they see themselves as the better yeah. um, of the of the eth- ethnic groups.
3: I would I would love to see some st- uh, statistics on that, though. All right, thanks a lot, Hunter. All right, man. Here's Joel. Joel, you're on the Run of Faze show.
8: Yeah, hey, Ronnie. Hey, Fuz. Lily, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, um... The Indians are at peace with their maker every day. Mm. There is no fear.
12: Now, But then, can you say that for everybody who's religious yeah, who's up there?
3: Yeah, I see a lot of Christians. They're like, I feel like I'm at peace with my maker, right. but they don't want to die. Right.
8: Well, it's, it's a religion based on guilt. They're afraid.
3: All right. So tell me about what is so freeing about the Indian religions. And there's all different kinds, I imagine, right?
8: Oh, it's it's the whole earth, it's the whole world, everything belongs to nobody, and they're not afraid of dying. Dying is not an awful thing. You become a spirit, you guide your tribe along later. It's just, there's no fear. There's no fear of death.
3: I think there should be some fears. I think that you've, I think to act like no fear is no way to, to go through life. I think you have to have fears.
12: Absolutely. Like a child with no fear. Who will grow up to be just awful.
3: Well, first of all, he's going to run into the street. He's going to get run over and he's going to die. Right. And that's why you have to make up lies with kids to keep them even more afraid. (laughs) you got to give them, well, not only is this going to happen to you, then after you die, you're still going to get punished. This The punishment doesn't end here on earth. And the punishment gets worse. Then you'll burn. You will burn in the next life.
12: That sounds really twisted.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's why we have to do that, because you will take people who can physically beat you and go, you're not going to win, though. It gets even worse. After that's done, you get raped in the ass by the devil. And he's like, oh, God, really? I thought I could just beat your ass and be over. And you're like, no, 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 no. No, you only feel like it's over. Um, Billy, you're on The Running Fish Show.
8: Hey, Ronnie B., it's uh from Asbury Park. I'm an iron worker, Ronnie, and it's not that deep, man. You hit the nail on the head. It's just because it's Would you give? I'm third generation. I'm just a stupid Irish kid from Jersey, and um, it's about the money, man. It's, it, you know, and, and they built a lot of the bridges up in um, upstate New York early on, and it was just a natural thing to, to like you said, they're all good, you know, a lot of good workers, man, hard yeah. workers, you know, but you don't start out at the 60th floor, man. You know, we're, we're putting up world trade now, and, and nowadays it's not like the pictures you see where the guys were eating lunch on a beam. Right. Remember that picture? Yeah, yeah, that was the Empire State. It's just a bunch of stupid white guys trying to make a buck.
3: Now, how far up have you worked in the open air, Billy?
8: Um, well, I, I got a little story. I, was, um, I worked in New York City for the first time in around 1981, and um, we put up the AT&T building up on 55th and Madison, yeah. it's, got a it's got a Chippendale roof. That thing is made out of stone. So when they, when they have to put the scaffolding up for the stone, they have to go up above the roof. And we were out there on open iron, but no nets. And, um, in fact, they got my picture in the New York Times in color, too.
3: All right, so wh- wh- give me the street again, 58th and Mad.
8: It was 55th and Madison. I was up, I guess, about 600 feet and uh, no nets.
3: All right, I'm going to go and look at that when I leave here today. I'm going to go look where you worked every day. It's right around the corner from here.
8: <laughs> hey, On my way thing, home. Man, All right, my great, brother. Hey, Fez, Fez, you got a great radio voice, man. You're you're a legend, and we love you. All right. Thank you. Take care, man.
3: He bye, does. Bye. See, there there he is. Is. He's got a legend. Why aren't you doing more voiceover work? Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking <laughs> for something in a cool, comfortable car, you and you and Fezzy, were are always very, very close, though. Yeah. I, I, yeah, definitely.
12: I think so.
9: I believe Did so. Did you feel yeah. that way, first? <laughs> yes, I always thought there was a connection with Lily. I always love Lily. Lily may have been one person that I never got mad at ever.
12: No, mm, that's not true. Yeah, you, you've got you yelled. Really? but I don't think it was a personal a personal matter with me. I think it was just you know we one of those shows where there's a lot going on. And, Did I ever yell at you? Uh, you've yelled at me once before. Um, I forgot. I've Shut the fuck <laughs> up. I want you to
3: fucking think for a second. <laughs> okay. What the fuck did I yell at? Um, but do you feel the same way with the staff now? The same kind of comfortability and trust that you have with Lily?
9: Uh, with Chris Stanley, I do. Absolutely. Hmm. Not the whole staff, but with Chris Stanley, yes. We
12: started the same day together.
9: I have to bring you that up. That was Stanley. a good
12: yeah. class. It was It was a great class and of We insurance. didn't even know that you two were having an affair. Yeah, we kept it on the, on the lowdown. You were very good
9: at concealing
3: it. <laughs> I always am. Wow, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> this is like finding out that the kids were sleeping together. I mean, it's <laughs> sick. It's dysfunctional. Um, it's I, very incestuous here. It really is. I remember the, uh, years ago we had. Well, yeah, always through our whole career there were always yeah. inside affairs, and it never, oh, it never out. works out. No, it's too <laughs> terrible. It's too terrible of an
12: idea. <laughs> Like now, when I meet a guy, I'm like, So, do you know, do you listen to the Ron and Fez show? And they're like, No, I don't even know that. I'm like, Great, okay, cool. All right, we can, I can we, do let's this. continue.
3: <laughs> yeah, because you, oh boy, <laughs> you make your way through the listeners. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Not really. Tim, you're on Ron and Fez. All right, move over. Jim, Jim, Dallas, you're on Ron and Fez.
8: Yeah, hello. Yeah. Am I the only one that gets pissed off when these different ethnic groups say that they're better at something just because of their ethnic background, and that's okay. But when white people say they're better at something just because they're white, there's lawsuits and shit gets involved. Like
3: what? Well, what he's saying is, like, we will believe in stereotypes if they're good ones. Like, the Greeks right. will say, we dance, we, you know, and everyone's like, yeah. And then you also don't your butt fuck, and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> Where does that come from? Or Italians are like, well, we're the poets, we're the romantics. And we go, and you're good at organized crime, and then they get mad. Right. But they want, you know, the Irish like to brag about drinking and head butting and stabbing people in the back. Well, yeah, I guess that is. They're, they're happy with their well, what about the small penis stereotype of the They Irish? despise that. Yeah, they but, despise it's that. but it's true. But it's more of a drunk whiskey dick mm. than anything else. They just can't get fully hard yeah. from the amount that they're drinking. Um so yeah, there uh, but uh, is this an anti-mooch thing? No,
12: no, absolutely because not. Because you and Mooch no.
3: as much as you and Chris Stanley loved each other, yeah. and you and Mooch never got along.
12: Um he definitely didn't like me for some reason and I don't know why. I don't
3: know if we ever had a personal issue, but Chris, come I on think. in here. Let's work that out. Uh Chris Stanley, uh I don't know whether you've noticed, but he's more fragile than ever, mm-hmm. more frazzled mm-hmm. than ever. He has... He's given it his all, and I don't think he's got much more to give. I mean, I can see him just, you know, dropping out. Um, Chris, you're best friends with Mooch for years.
2: Oh, yeah. Love the Mooch.
3: And you and Lily started the same day. Talk Mm -hmm. about the best intern class of all time. It was a good class. And you guys were very, very close. Never had a big battle. Right. Mm-mm, no. No. I s- think he was the w- only person I never fought with on the show. So why do? M- why does Mooch hate Lily?
2: I don't know. He just never got along with her at all. He just fucking really disliked her. You. <laughs> yeah.
3: <for laughs> some- I mean, like really, really, really disliked vehemently. me. Really disliked. Vehemently. Well, he he thought that she had a, well, I'll say big head, a sense of herself that she didn't deserve. I don't know why he got into that, but he would always go back to the same complaints.
2: Yeah. That's I, Pretty much that's always the main beef with something he had con- he always brought up if you were to ask him about it. He just really...
12: I was the only girl, so it. if people liked me, it was like, oh, they only like her because she's the only girl, and if people hated me, it's like, oh, they hate me because I'm the only girl. You know what I mean? Right. So it worked against me in a lot of ways, I guess. Do they really worked for shit. you
3: ever, though, As as well?
12: You know, I mean i don't know i think i i definitely think i had thicker skin than most of the boys that ever worked here or on wow. the show i have to be honest i do i think i was like the only guy who didn't cry on the Ron and Fech, on the run and Fech show you know
3: you I, cried the- once though when you thought you were pregnant you came to me and said could you make that call <laughs> Did Yeah, you talk was a to really chris t-
12: that was a dark day <laughs>
3: my brother's an abortionist so i can always help people out <laughs> that don't want to be known about it. amateur abortionists he's got a it's kind of like a food truck but it's an abortion truck that he goes around. Sometimes he even has like a little songs, like the old Mister Softy song. The health code violations there. Or? Uh, this is done on the DL, oh, my brother.
2: Right. So it's not like <laughs>
3: you it. think we're going to fucking try to get a license for this. I
2: mean, you know, advertise
3: makes more abortions in. You know, I don't know. You can jo- you know you can joke about anything, but let me just tell you this, funny man. Some people get shot over jokes. I'll just leave it at that. Right. There's a lot of dead funny fucking people in the world. Don't I'll, think that there's not.
2: I will lay off the abortion truck. Sorry, Thank boss. you.
3: All right, no, that's all right. You didn't know. What am <laughs> I going to make a big deal? You didn't know. Um, Tom has a theory about this. Uh, Tom, you're on first. Hi, gentlemen
8: and ladies. Yes, I seem to recall that uh, at one point Lily said she didn't like to date black guys, and uh, as Mooch has a black wife, this seemed to cause some friction between. Oh, them, I, I never oh, yeah. know. Oh, I
3: never focused on that.
12: I just yeah. said I'm not attracted to black guys. Why? That's not a racial thing. It's just yeah, comes off, comes across a little racial. But- you know, I mean, Earl a little bit. Earl admitted on the show that he he didn't really like, well, no, he liked white girls. But there's a lot of people. I mean,
1: it's a he personal preference.
12: It's like saying, I like blondes or I like brunettes. What You know what I mean? That's a lot I different. Like
3: white- but but when someone ever says, I would never date a brunette, no one ever says that. But people I say will, I'd
12: never date a blonde guy again.
3: Again, <laughs> but you tried it at least. <laughs> yeah. But the point was this. Yeah. It's like if I suddenly went, Oh, my God, I can't believe you're dating a Japanese person. That would be racism.
12: <laughs> but I, I wouldn't say that if somebody was dating somebody who was black. I wouldn't say, oh, my God, I can't believe they're dating a but, black person. But if
3: I said to you, would you date the Japanese guy? And you start, uh, <laughs> that yeah. would be racism. Don't you agree, Hicks?
2: That, that's that's not right.
3: You screamed I could never take him home. You did yell that because of your love of your life, daddy. Yeah. Your dad taught you to be racist.
12: <laughs> no, my dad didn't teach me to be you, racist. I think my culture maybe, you know, is a little bit backwards, and their mentality is a little screwed up. You're Albanian, up. Right? and so there's yeah,
3: I'm Albanian. Mm-hmm. Isn't that black? Though technically, basically, mm. to me, it is.
2: It's a Gesean-European really. black. Yeah, that's exactly what it is.
3: Where is it located? Give me a map here. It's north Should, of Greece. North what? of Greece. Yeah. I'm, for me, I call that half of. How <laughs> far from Macedonia? <laughs> it it
12: borders, I all think right, Macedonia. You, former Yugoslavia is now broken yeah.
3: up into like. Well, I go a bunch back to OG Macedonia, oh, Alexander right the Great. All right, let's see it all together. All right, Albania. All right, there's Greece, Macedonia, and what's up above it there, Bosnia and
2: Yugoslavia.
3: Now you could swim over to Italy. Yeah, why is it your food better then?
12: Um, because we have our food's really good. We have a, a heavy Greek influence. Um, But yeah, both my parents lived in Italy. before. So you're in
3: between Italy and Greece. Yep. And yet, let's be honest about this, rarely heard of. I mean, most people can't... Everybody could draw you Greece. Everybody could draw you Italy. Mm -hmm. If you say Albanian, they're like... Huh?
12: Yeah, I, I, people ask me what ethnicity I am, and I say Albanian. They go, "But wait, you don't have white hair and you know white eyebrows." I'm like, "No, Albanian, not albino."
3: Oh, you know? I didn't know where really, they were going. That's, that's how stupid some people are. <laughs> I thought Edgar Winter was an Albanian. <laughs> so for you, you, it it gets a little frustrating. Yeah, it's pretty. Because boring. you should have the same kind of heat. That Albania and Greece do. People love to go to Greece. People love to go to Italy. But you never hear people going, I dream of Albanian vacation.
12: Well, the New York Times actually had a list of
3: um, the top
12: 50 places in the world that people need to travel to. And a couple of them in the top 20 were in Albania.
3: W- what beautiful they coast,
12: coast. Yeah, they the would coast have to be gorgeous.
3: Coast. It would have to be gorgeous because look where they're located in the beautiful Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And yet there's no heat there. There's no... Romance. No one it's, ever says Albania was romantic people. It's a third world country still. We're still developing. But so. if someone says Albanian, people think I don't like a like a chicken thief. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have a gypsy thing thrown yeah. in there that you don't. Yeah. You live like in a bombed out lot. Do you people feel like you like there's a gypsy background?
12: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I come from mountain people. We're like right. the Hicks of Albania. I say, you know.
3: I see. So why then did, did you take the thing that when you hurt Mooch's feelings and when you hurt Earl's feelings by saying, I will never date a black?
12: I, I don't know if I ever said those words. Unfortunately, I'm not attracted to Earl in that way. He's my friend, and I love him, and I adore well, him. Well, he wanted but to not... have
3: sex with you. Yeah,
12: but doesn't, just because he wants to have sex with me doesn't mean that I should have sex with him. and doesn't mean I'm, that I'm racist because I won't have sex with Earl, who happens to be black.
3: Right. But would you even hold his black penis? Is that something that you would find yourself no. doing? No. No, God, no! Sounds right. a little racist. So to rub it up against his cheek would be impossible for you. That's <laughs> but I also wouldn't
12: can... do that with a ton of people around here who happen to be white. That's the that, that's the guys at
3: shade. Here's over here, at Craig. Craig, you're, on a you're bringing it back to racism, Fez. You are. You brought it back to racism. Craig, you're on a Fez.
8: What's going on, buddy? It's good to hear you on the radio again, Lily. Thank you. I just want to say I was watching a uh, show and like. My- they were saying 65% of all the top-end cars, like BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, all that, in Albania were stolen because of, like, Mafia and what goes on over there. Look,
12: I'm sure that's true. I'm not I'm not even going to sit here and say all Albanians are great. Some are great, some are bad. What Most are, are bad, though. I can't take credit for all of the Albanians. I'll say, you know, I'm a good person. My family good, are good people. We have a great restaurant. Mm. What do you want from us? We try to live... Does your dad
3: I, still have the sauce business, or did he get out of it? Yeah, so
12: I know, it's
3: it. still going. J- John, you're on a fence.
8: Probably be a million bucks.
3: Same
8: year. Uh, You know, being a New Yorker, spending uh, all my summers in Greece as a young child, uh, one of the things you notice is like, wow, there's no, there's very few black people around here. And usually uh, a native Greek person's response to that is yeah, but we have Albanians. <laughs> and and you, you sort of realize that there was a lot of friction between the Greeks yeah. and Albanians. For some reason, they're I don't know, The socio socioeconom- socioeconomically they're a bag of shit, so they all sort of migrate to Greece. I think they've gotten away from that, and they're becoming much more tolerant. But uh, yeah, blacks are I mean, the Albanians are pretty much black people.
3: Eastern European blacks, like I said. That's yeah. really very astute of you. Thank Chris. you. And maybe that's your prejudice against blacks. You're like, I want to be the black person here.
12: Maybe. Uh, maybe on some
3: subconscious level. No, someone wrote this to me. Every time Lily is on the show, she ends up Talking about sex. And yet, when I've talked to her on Pal Talk, she never does that. So is this something, Lily, that you come in like, hey, I don't know how to get the fellas' attention. I'll talk about sex. No,
12: it's, it has nothing to do with that because every time I come in here, I go, you know what? I'm going to keep it classy. I'm not going to talk about Good. dirty things. And then as soon as I sit in this chair, like you ask me a question and I'm like, yeah.
3: whatever. I've, I've yeah. been with so many <laughs> fucking guys. <laughs> not really, but you know, kind of like that. Um, here's John. John, you're on first. Hey, Ryan. I knew a
8: couple of Albanians, and, and these guys are like the Jersey Shore of Eastern Europe. I mean, you know, they were the guys with the open shirt yeah. and, uh, and the uh, and and the the gold chains. But but beyond that, they were batshit crazy. I mean, oh, yeah. I lived in Italy for a little while, and, and we used to go to one bar, and, and we'd hang out with this Albanian guy, and we could only hang out for, for a little while, then we'd step back and just watch him explode if, you know, if something got him the wrong way, and, and they would just flip out on
3: anything. Big tempers. They were, they
8: were, they were nuts.
12: They're crazy. Uh, look, I'm not even going to sit here because there's a lot of people I'm related to who are batshit crazy.
3: In what way, though? I mean, crazy. They, Albanian crazy, like Albanian like raised that way crazy. Yeah,
12: but and also it's it's also a cultural thing. And it's the religious influence because most Albanians are Muslim. You know, 70 percent of Albanians are Muslim. And um, we blame that on the Turks.
3: Oh, so, the, so you got yeah. Turk blood in you.
12: Well, I don't have Turk blood in, I don't think so. But the Turks came in like 500 years ago, maybe more than that. They came in and invaded and, and uh, converted most Albanians into uh, Muslims.
3: No, they did not get into Greece, though, at the
12: same time. I really don't know. I'm not up on Greek sense. history.
3: But it seems like the Greece is in between Albania and Turkey. It's like they had to go out of their way to stay out of Greece, get into Albania, where, you know... Then I would, I would see, this is why I try to take Earl. I would never take on the master's religion, which maybe I did. Yeah, obviously, if it's coming out of Rome and I'm not Italian, I guess it's somewhere back. But it fucking pisses me off. You conquer people and then you give them religion. Here you go. This is for you. I need to go back to my Anglo-Saxon pagan roots.
2: All right. Fucking create an altar up there. And Celtic roots. Hell yeah.
3: But that's why, like. stone this fucker, Hicks. That's
2: fine. I'm good. Let's sacrifice something.
3: Lily? Go ahead, Lily. That's <laughs> No, about.
12: that's okay. Um, I was saying even like with Albanian Catholics and Albanian Muslims, there's still tension. Even though we're all Albanians, there's right. still friction between that because they think we're a bunch of sellouts and we think they're a bunch of cowards because they hid you know, in the mountains or whatever.
3: Gotcha. John, you're on Renefez.
8: Yeah. Hi. Uh, first of all, guys. I really like the show. Um, I just had a point to make that uh, I'm sort of on Lily's side. I'm a white guy. And I'm not racist at all, but I have sort of no desire to date uh, any women that's not white. Um, and I don't I don't think that that's racist at all. That's just a preference. But I also have a point to make that there's these uh, dating sites that are for blacks only. And I was looking up on the Internet, just doing a bit of research, seeing if there were any of these similar sites for whites. And uh, the only thing that comes up is racial, you know, uh, Sort of tensions going on uh, on the issue that you know they shouldn't be allowed to open up a website that's for whites only because it's racist. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that.
3: Well, they have mm-hmm. J date. J date yeah. is very very big for the um, uh, Jewish sites. Oh, really? um, but I'm, you know, since you're the majority, the white people. I mean, you're a white guy in Canada. To find a white chick doesn't seem all that hard. No. And if you mm-hmm. go onto a website in Canada and say, I want to date a woman, I'm sure 99% of the women you're going to meet are going to be white women.
8: Oh, man,
12: not in Toronto, man. not in Tor- I Toronto. I find it hard to believe. Toronto's 30. got hot women.
3: Beautiful women why, in Toronto. Why can't someone they're come crazy. over to Buffalo?
13: Yeah. <laughs> That's <There's> Buffalo. <laughs> Sad.
3: Um, let's go over here to Mike. Mike, you're on to fist.
8: Hey, Ron, how you doing? Yeah.
3: What can we do for you, buddy?
8: Hey, uh, I was at... Um took a trip to Chicago this weekend uh, at Molly's and had the Ron Bennington. And I got to say, it was the uh, best cupcake I ever had.
3: It's actually the biggest thing I've ever done is draw attention to me is to have that cupcake named after. And Lily, we're very, very soon to open up the New York Molly's. Can't wait. It's almost they also completely have done.
8: have uh, hanging up in there saying, It's the number one selling cupcake still at Molly's right now. And I actually got to meet Mike Kaka, and he was a very cool guy.
3: He is extremely cool. At one time, I thought something was going to happen between him and Lily. I really believed it was, because you guys went out to lunch or something together, right?
12: Yeah, we hung out a couple times. He's Um, a great guy. But you guys just
3: like to pal around together, nothing more. No, that's it.
8: Anyway, Mike told me to tell you, hey, what's up, so...
3: Well, would anyway, you do me a favor? I'll... Would you go back there and say, <laughs> tell him that I'm cool, and I'll see him really soon? He was just well, going, in the...
8: I'm going in two weeks. I'll let him know that. <laughs> uh,
3: he was just in New York. What I'd like to do when he opens up his New York place. I should have him take the listeners to see his new pad, new apartment. Holy shit. Where's that? Living Lodge. Downtown? It's in a building that hasn't even opened up yet, oh, dude. shit. Jesus. Maybe That's I'll rethink that. Maybe yeah. I need to go on a date with him. <laughs> you should, because it's one of those things where he's got a pool in the sky. Yeah.
12: He's a great guy, though. He's a really great guy. He is a
3: terrific guy, and uh, all good things are happening to people like him. Isn't that great when that finally happens? I see a guy like Chris Stanley, who is also a great guy, and life has just rained shit on him.
2: Yeah. It's a shit final into my mouth. Hopefully, I'll just drown and die soon.
3: I wish that you wouldn't, and I wish. That we would try to find um, an inside voice for you. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you're so loud. And I know you don't mean to be. I don't. Um, let's go over here to Tom. Tom, you're on my
8: Tom, man, it is Tom here. You know what? I love blacks. I love the gays. I love the Asians. But those motherfucking Albanians <laughs> are the dirtiest animals on the planet.
12: Look. I'm not. I'm not one of those people who's going to sit and defend my my entire race. They of people. will I'm fucking not.
10: steal the pennies yeah, off your will. fucking eyes. Yeah, they will. Yeah.
3: Who's getting racist with it.
12: I mean, we've all seen Taken. We know what Albanians are capable of.
3: So I've little, seen it. <laughs> you're a little embarrassed of your background.
12: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's it's hard for me to be 100 percent proud of my culture when so much of my culture is um, really down on women you know mm. it's it's and awful. yet
3: they're all protective of the the vaginas in their family right like
12: yeah like they own it you know right like they own our vaginas and you're
3: Never. like to say no this is my vagina You yeah i want to do what i want with my yes. vagina
9: show me the receipt
3: <laughs> um i don't know what this is i'm gonna go with see her you remember fez
11: Yep, um I just wanted to couple, say a couple of things. Now, first of all, everybody blames her for dirty Albanians or mean Albanians. That's not for her fault. And the other thing is, I'm Turkish living in the U.S., and I lived in Turkey for like 22 years. And then we, we have no bad things about Albanians and whatever happened in the past. Um, you know, I mean, not for being Muslim, for be, having, um, you know, some um, common things in the, in the past. We love Albanians. We have no problems with that. The ones that are bad or mafia, those kind of people. It's not for being Albanians. It's, I think, from the way that they were edu- educated in their family and um, you know the way the way that they were raised. I no. mean, I just wanted to say that you know we to love me, Albanians. We have the, no problems with them.
3: The way she talks is the way I hear your voice too.
11: <laughs> we have like, like every her.
12: relative of mine. Yeah, <laughs> like are you related to me somehow? I know it.
11: Yeah, even listen. I work in a hotel in the um, in the Poconos, and then um, I I met so, so many people, and they're like, "Oh, are you Albanian?" I'm like, "No," and they even said, "You know, I had the same name, like the same look, and you know, we almost—I mean, we have close cultures. You're like a being Turk. Or being You're Asian
3: like a done. Turk, Lily, Are You it, so kinda. proud of that?
11: <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, she's. Very I'm an American. Happy. She loves the Turkish people. <laughs>
11: Okay, that's good, but in the past, whatever happened, I don't yeah. think I'm, the, I'm, I really duties. don't... I have, I have no problem with Turkish people. I love you
12: guys
3: all. <laughs> you really. and I, we
11: make the fuck.
3: <laughs> uh, I like your Turkish taffy. I think it's fantastic. Do you I like... What
11: do you like about Turkish?
3: Oh, I, just, I like it with mashed potatoes and gravy. I think it's <laughs> wonderful.
11: Turkish food is great.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
11: And I wanted to Cranberries. say something they else. They on every no. corner. <laughs> Please bring that into your show. Baklava isn't Greek, okay? <laughs> baklava is something Turkish. You gotta I did know not know that. About. I didn't even know that either. I thought that that was Greek. <laughs> no, it isn't. Yeah. Because it's, it, there are more Greek restaurants than Turkish restaurants, and we have really similar foods, like, you know, very different things. So have people call it, and then you're going to see baklava is Turkish. I just want to say that.
3: Now, say, my kakas is born over in Greek, but actually a little island off Greece. Okay. I think he's Crete.
12: Yeah. Does that okay. make sense mm-hmm.
3: to me? So all you three, you could just kind of draw <laughs> no, a line. We're all you. exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Let's all love each we're other. Cyprus. He's from Cyprus. <laughs> oh, Cyprus. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye, bye, honey. Good bye. luck over there in the Poconos.
12: <laughs> it may be Turkish, but yeah. my mom makes the most banging
3: baklava ever. Um. Well, we can all bring it in. Yeah. Uh, Vin Sullivan, you're on the Fez.
8: Hey, what's up, Ronnie V? Yeah. And hello, Lily, and hello, Fez. Hello. Hey, I'm, I'm from Staten Island. I just want to say that the Albanians have overtaken the Italians in so many different things. Yes. One, being fitted for cement shoes. And number two, they make better pizza uh-huh. than the Italians now. They absolutely Much do. better pizza. Amazing. The best pizza in Staten Island. And uh, Then I'm
3: we pretty need pretty- some Albanians in Manhattan because I swear to God the pizza is getting worse every day. There's some, there's some
12: pizzeria. You'll find them mainly in the outer boroughs, but um, yeah, I don't
3: go to the outer boroughs. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm a money making Manhattan.
2: That's right, big dog.
3: But in I'll- New York, <laughs> that's where the dreams are made of. Go ahead, Lily. No, I
12: was gonna say most restaurants too in the city. I-, I can go into many good restaurants. And, you know, see somebody that I know, somebody that, you know, waited tables at my dad's restaurant. I'm like, oh, God.
3: Lily, what are you <laughs> doing here? <laughs> yes. uh, by the way, uh, Fez, I tried to send him to a nice restaurant with his family the other day. Mm-hmm. He ends up taking him to Smith's. Smith's on 8th Avenue, where 2U plays. Okay. That's his idea. Uh, of the right pub? Night. Yes. <laughs> where they had chicken tenders. Yum. Um, here's uh, Bill. Bill, you're on Fez.
8: Hey, Ronnie, Eastside Dave would call those dirty Albanians. i have
3: going to hang up on you. I, this guy drives me crazy. It's like a constant thing throughout the show. We already had him on today. I, I want him on fucking constantly. I know. Bill. Bill in Georgia. Um, here's uh, Michael. You're on run a
8: Yeah. Uh, Albanians are evil people, okay? If <laughs> look deep in their eyes, oh, they do not care. I had a friend of mine who ran a poker game in this city. The guy lost, came back with his buddy and put guns in everybody's faces and ripped the place off. Okay, don't they run like uh, the prostitution rings in, in uh, Europe, too?
12: I don't know. I don't know, dude. Really? They're
8: evil. They're evil. For I mean, nothing against you. I don't even know you, but Albanians are evil people. They They have no respect for life whatsoever. I was at the card game and had a gun in my face with an Albanian looking at me like he was going to kill me if I didn't give him everything.
12: Yeah, but you think Albanians are scarier than Russians? Because Russians are the scariest. Uh, Russians, people
8: Russians are just are, are, are right up there, but the Albanians run the sex trade in in, in Europe. Yeah. I mean, you talk about women and, and respect. So you do have a
3: future, Lily. There's stuff <laughs> you can do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Red German Red German Let's try again, Red.
8: Hey. Uh, I was just going to say, when I first uh, moved to Cleveland, I had uh, this Albanian family. I don't even know how many of them were up in the apartment above me. But they had like a 200-pound kid who took the top bunk, and he would jump out of bed. I, no matter how many times I complained about it, he would like literally get out of his bed every morning, and it would it was like an anvil dropping on the floor. And I quickly learned in dealing with him that anything with Anian or Inian as the last part of the name is a pain in the ass.
3: So, Armenians for you fit into that?
8: No, that's Enian.
3: Oh, okay. So, Palestinians.
8: Like Palestinian, Uh. Romanian, (laughs) Albanian. Pains in the ass.
3: All right, so, and he's not even saying the bad, just a a direct pain in the ass. Um, Here is uh, Creamy Goodness, you're in Renafes. Yeah,
6: uh, there's a bunch of
8: Albanians in my town, and I went to school with them. They would steal people's clothes out of their locker and then fucking wear them to school. Oh, I mean, they were <laughs> a bunch of scumbags. I'm
3: Lily, sorry, that's know. my yeah. Harvey Danger shirt.
12: Look, I <laughs> probably hate as, Albanians just as much as most people, and I have every right to because I grew up in that culture, and I understand how fucked up it is. So yeah, I apologize yeah. on behalf of my culture for your stolen clothes. That's
0: all right. I still like you, Lily. You're cool. hot. Cool.
9: Thanks. The problem is, if you dated him, his closet would be empty. <laughs> I was going to ask Lily about this. They had, uh, with the royal wedding coming up, mm-hmm. Prince William's not going to be wearing a wedding ring.
12: What's he, Is he tatting his wedding ring on?
9: I don't think he's going to tat. Uh, I think he's just going to go without it.
3: Huh? Was he putting one on that day?
9: I guess they'll exchange yeah. it, and then, you know, then it's... I never wore a wedding ring in my life.
3: I won't wear a wedding ring. First of all, I got my hand crushed in this thing on the packing plant uh, when I was younger. I was actually in the shipping department. And the guy said to me, if you were wearing a wedding ring, your finger would Seven. have shot across oh. the thing. So that turned me off to rings. And two, if you're wearing a wedding, wedding ring, a lot of chicks are like, no, I'm not going to blow you. You're married to someone else. And you're like, <laughs> all right, what do I got to do to keep that? Oh, I know the wedding ring. It's a dead giveaway. So that's another way to go with that, Hicks. Um, I don't think a wedding ring is traditional anymore. My dad doesn't wear a wedding ring. Really? Mm-hmm. Most men don't wear wedding rings, and a woman's wedding ring you can't even see it because it's behind a diamond. You know what right. I mean? Like the wedding ring itself is small, but you don't see you don't see a lot of rings on people.
2: Yeah, the engagement ring is more important, I would think. Right? Or that it seems like that's people it's more whatever. fucking.
3: I think the point is we all have choices. Yeah. yeah. You know, Lily, going back, I'm not owned by somebody. Why should a wedding ring be on there?
9: I, um, I, was, I was thinking that if I made a commitment to someone, I would
3: like to see that symbol of commitment. That would be your choice, though. For him, he might not like a ring. I, don't, I can't have anything tight around my neck or my fingers. I, wouldn't, I don't I want to like yeah. it. And I see somebody like a ring in their nose or an earring. I wouldn't want it. I'd be worried to be te- tearing off all the time.
12: But and think about how many people who do wear wedding rings and completely disregard what that signifies. You know, people cheat all the time with or without a wedding ring. So I don't think it signifies any sort of commitment because people are fucked up.
9: Also, there was no strippers at his uh, bachelor party.
3: You've become ob- obsessed, I guess, with this. <laughs> a little Would bit. You, As it's th- getting closer, le- le- I'm going
9: to get nuttier and nuttier about it.
3: Well, let's look at this. Would you really expect us to hear about a fucking? Party that this guy had that his stripper was at. William and his
2: brother ran train on
3: some hookers and then <laughs> murdered them. Why would that ever show okay. up in a paper if they had fucking strippers? These guys have got to watch themselves at uh <laughs> at all time.
9: Uh, coming up in just a little bit, we do need to announce the follow Monday winner. Why don't we just announce it now? Bam.
3: What are we coming up on?
9: Oh, okay, we can do that now. The winner of the Follow Monday competition, where we're following Ray Wagner on Twitter.com, picking up the Kevin Smith signed DVD. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is I Am Scottro. I Am Scottro, congratulations. You're the winner from Follow Monday. Following Ray Wagner, and you get that Kevin Smith signed DVD Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back.
3: But that's not the only winner you have to announce today, Fez.
9: We have another one as well. Yeah. That is from the Brackets Tournament, the March Madness Competition. The winner of the Ron and Fez group and winner of a signed Bill Walton basketball. That goes to JBS 2763. Oh JBS 2763, congratulations. You won the Ron and Fez group, you get the signed basketball Hall of Famer, Bill Walton.
3: That's not all, Fez. I think
9: that's all our winners.
3: I know, but I had to finish my bar. <laughs> I'm still wondering why Fez thought that the... Prince and his wife would need to wear wedding rings. Doesn't everyone know who they are and that they're married? Right. Queen you think that this guy right. can get out there? I ain't married, honey. I'm fucking <laughs> looking, constantly looking. I have no interest in this
12: royal wedding whatsoever.
3: Well, they're not the same kind of royalty that we have. Right. No. That royal thing seems like it's over. I guess it died with Diana, right? I mean after yeah. that someone
2: just started giving a shit. Dirty
3: Diana, we like to call <laughs> <her>. Fuck yeah. <laughs> But also, and, Prince William
12: just turned out to be the ugly one. Remember when everybody thought he was going to be the most handsome one, and he just looks like his dad?
3: You're all ugly limey. Creepy. So,
12: I think Prince Harry is way better looking. He's rugged. He's a little bit more sexy.
3: Oh, this is the one I that gets him. real fucked up. Yeah. And he oh, wakes yeah. Up in the but he's in Africa, park.
12: you know, helping kids with AIDS the way his mom used to do. I just love him. Here I love him more.
2: Here This is why you like him. No.
12: You. <laughs> come on same
3: no, reason
2: I'll she was in love know. with that.
12: no i i'll <laughs> have you know that albanians actually during world war ii actually took the jews in and uh you know dined
2: them out raped them. no
3: they helped them they hid them that's nice yes so we're not all bad okay i think you're one wonder- i only can judge albanians by you so i think they're wonderful people thank you
9: a survey is showing that
3: 85% of women... Survey's in. <laughs> survey says... Who made the survey?
9: Um, Let's see if we I can just... get... Was
3: it 87? 87 or 85? 85. 85. All right, I think it's going to be have vaginas. Hicks? Uh, hate their lives. Hmm. Wear wedding rings.
9: <laughs> Can't orgasm. Hmm. Uh, wh- it's women who have flirted to try to get a discount on something. Oh. Hmm.
12: Yeah, I could see that happening. Sure.
9: Do you flirt to get a discount? Well,
3: eh, you know, this happens. This is why she okay. talks about sex stuff as forces her. <laughs> um, I'll,
12: th- I'll flirt a little bit. Yes, I will. I'll tell you in, at Best Buy, it helped me get a three-year warranty on a laptop for free.
3: So uh, what didn't was really, the flirting I, like?
12: I didn't even think I flirted. I think the guy was kind of flirting with me. So right. I was like, oh, okay, if you want to do this for me, go ahead.
3: But really, isn't that just him doing his job? See, I see it this way. A guy is supposed to do his job. He doesn't. But if a beautiful woman comes along, now suddenly he is acting like, hey, watch this. I'm going to take care of my job No, here. it matters. He's doing <laughs> the shit that he should be doing anyway. That's the way a person is supposed to be acting when they're working somewhere.
9: So what? we talked that over.
3: Well, I'll tell you, there is... It's not work
9: when the guy flirts with him.
3: Well, what I'm saying is you shouldn't even have to flirt. She shouldn't have to flirt to get... She's not getting something extra. She's right, getting exactly get what extra. she's supposed to get. But we all should get that fucking warranty. Fuck yeah. yeah. Stop acting like you don't give a shit. You're just yeah. working at a store. I want to protect my shit. But I worked at fucking places before. It wouldn't help anyone. <laughs> I worked at a hotel, and I only say one thing. We're out of rooms. <laughs> and as people go, there's no cars in the garage. And anywhere here, and I go, I don't know. Maybe they walked up. Get out. I'm trying to watch fucking Letterman. The sign says vacancy. You. You're vacant. Get out of here. What?
12: I, you know, there's one profession that I should be flirting with, like the, the men who are in, there, in this profession, but I don't because I just can't bring myself to do it, and that's cops. Every time I get pulled over, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm nasty to them, and I will get a ticket every time I get Good. pulled over because of that. I just Good. fucking hate them. I'm sorry.
3: You hate sorry, all. Sorry, keep the cop. You I were, love you, but you were raised to hate cops.
12: Yeah, that's right. I guess. Now, who
3: in your family, or was it your neighborhood? What do you mean? Did people, the way that you learn? hey, we can't trust the cops, did you learn that from your family or your neighborhood?
12: Probably a little bit of both. No. Yeah. You know, I mean, lots of people in my family had run-ins.
3: What about you?
2: (laughs) My dad was like a fucking petty criminal his entire life. It was fucking fuck cops from the go. Never fucking trust a cop, never dime, never rat. Never fucking always stay away from cops. Whenever you get arrested, be like, yeah, it was the fucking cops fucked me over. He didn't do anything wrong.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was always the fucking I was being cops. the shit of
2: this guy. It turns out he was an undercover cop. What the hell was I supposed to know?
3: Like, ah, oh, right, uh, so we're going to so break here. Because uh, I saw you making a break signal at me. Here we go. We're yeah. behind on breaks today? A little bit. It's all right, You know, though. when Lily was us, we were never behind on brakes. <sighs> Fuck.
2: I'm fucking up on the break scheduling.
3: Yeah. No. Can I tell you the truth? You two are perfect together. Okay. Okay. This was, this was our best class.
2: You yeah. know this. Yeah, the classes have been downhill. Yeah. It's oh, been,
3: God, they sucked. It's down. been a
2: long string of Fast Freddies and... Uh,
3: Gabes. Gabes, yeah, General's. And that fucking kid from Texas, I already forgot his name. Dishwasher Al, I think it was. You
2: mean the kid?
12: No,
2: <laughs> there,
3: no one could be called the you kid. dishwasher but kid? But really, they've been disappointments. Well, you guys were just special.
12: Yeah, we had something.
2: Probably Scruffy was the only good intern in for. Oh
12: yeah, Scruffy, but he came like right after us. So.
3: Yeah, he was. I kind of consider him the, and with you guys. Yeah. yeah. And what what he lacked in personality, he made up with you know on behind the scenes. But he had no on air personality. <laughs> he was always like, "Gee, gosh, yay." Hey. Yeah. <laughs> he was <it's> always <laughs> so please. positive, yeah, yeah.
12: <laughs> which is so unlike this environment.
3: Oh God. <laughs> Don't you miss 57th Street, though?
12: Oh, God. That yeah. studio was amazing. No bosses. No nothing. No, no nothing.
3: Talk about cops being watched around here all the time. Well, there's a fucking camera watching oh. us. Oh, man. There's a camera watching us. What the are we fucking... Seriously. What are there, chips on the fucking table? What well, are there any we reason? Yeah. Everything's attached to the console. Find get... out who broke that fucking thing. <laughs> the Fez is sitting over there yeah. with a three-legged dog he's talking into. <laughs> like me? someone's
9: trying to build a fort in their living room.
3: It does. Looks like someone's trying to build a fart in their living room. Your are white, Wattley. Always comes back to the ass stuff with him. Yeah. The
2: last play. Yeah.
3: yeah. He texted me last night. He just sprays. the text. Don't you just love ass play? <laughs> oh, Fez. I have to text back. It's 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> By the way, you are going to start going to bed earlier at night. I'm going to be like a fucking cop with you. I'm getting like emails from him every night. Two thirty, three o'clock, 3.30... And I'm like, he's going to be crazy tomorrow. Yeah, 11 o'clock, we're going back to lights out for you, big man. Yeah, I got lights everything mixed 11. up.
12: And, you know, if you can't sleep, you can feel free to text me ass texts. Yeah, you know, text. Texts. Thank text you, back. Really. We can have ass a condo. talk with
3: her. Yeah. But I'm going to know that you're up all night, not, not ready to work. Uh, all right, let's do our commercials and get them out of the way for you, all right? Thank you. Then get off my fucking back <laughs> for five minutes. All
2: right, I'll just see you got these commercials
3: in you got a live read, fest? Yes, I do. Oh, you love those. What's this one about?
9: Talking about the comedy awards coming up this weekend on Comedy Central.
3: Alright, well why don't you do it in the middle of this instead of this? Okay, time? but all right, right back at Run and Fest Show.
9: The Rod and Fest Show <laughs> on the virus
1: to yes, I know. Be cool. honey.
0: that fucking bitch out! honey Get buddy. Out. Get out, honey
3: Alright, gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. Promise! I promise! to We're on a Fez show. Fez just announced our March Madness bracket winner.
9: JBS 2763 got the Bill Walton signed basketball.
3: Now, I want to point something out to you, Fezzi. He dominated not only this, and I don't believe ever took number one to the last day. It took him to the last day to, to get that number one spot. He also beat Mad Dog and all the sports announcers on the station uh, all around Sirius. And I believe he was number 12 on the overall, which is number 12 out of 20,000. Phenomenal, phenomenal job. Say his name again, Fuzz. JBS
9: 2763.
3: Now the fire on the mountain basketball, signed by Bill Walton uh, from the Grateful Dead. Easily the person who, like, kicks the most out of any guests we've ever had.
2: He really loved me playing that Jerry song at the end of that yeah. interview. He couldn't get enough of
3: it. He was crazy about you. And Hope you'll see him at a festival
2: one day. So that
3: means a lot to us. This, that ball to me, uh, I have. I'm gonna hate losing it because every time I look at it, I laugh at a guy that's like fucking six, eleven. Is he or is he over seven foot? I know, maybe he was seven one, but a man that large, just wanting to hug Hicks was one of my best things. The weirdest thing about basketball is it's the only sport for the freakishly tall. Right. Now, the weird thing is, you run into people in your life, if they're 6'5", 6'6", you're like, whoa, how fucking, he's, that person is short in professional basketball. It's a freak sport.
12: How do they find beds to fit them?
3: Well, not only that, but normally, when you have people normally that tall, it's hard for them to walk, they have foot problems, back problems. So when you meet a lot of people freakishly tall in regular life, they have a tough time getting around. How do you get find that and an athlete? It's Pro amazing. basketball is insane, absolutely insane. You know, when I walk through the airport with like my sister or
12: some of my cousins, we're all pretty tall for girls, mm. and they always think that we're part of the WNBA. They're like, "I didn't know traveling that. Basketball team. Like, Although
3: no. your niece that you had in that time seemed like she was long on the tall side.
12: Yeah, she's uh, like 5'10", 5'11". Big
3: tall Albanian.
12: I don't know where the height comes from because the men are kind of short in our family.
3: Maybe they're not the your top. real fathers. Maybe that you're all your mothers. <laughs> oh my are god, this is great! Sex. Yeah,
12: <laughs> I don't have to be living under the Albanian ruling
9: anymore. There's a study out from a professor.
3: Another at- study. <laughs> Sorry. No, I love studies. Where's this one from?
9: Um, uh, City University of New
3: York. Well, that is one of the better schools, City <laughs> University.
9: And this professor is saying that serial killers are just. Well, the serial killings are dwindling, and along with it, the public's fascination with them.
3: We actually had this on the air a few weeks back. I don't know whether it was when you were away or not. But because they've had those Long Island murders, Uh and no one's into it anymore. It seems like, you know what ruined it for the serial killers? 9-11, and then the snipers. And it stopped being the, hey, isn't this some interesting way to... Focus on stuff.
12: Well, I think uh, I think DNA testing may have hurt the serial killers, right? I mean, because that era of serial killers, like the sixties, the seventies, you know, the Ted Bundy eras, and yeah, the John Wayne Gacy's, and all that, there wasn't really the advances that they have now. So, I think there is a little bit of that, maybe. Having yeah, to do with- but you
3: know, it even peaked even after that, like the eighties. I think was Bundy into the early nineties, and then people were just like crazy, and then of course that movie did it but also i think enough of the time is like you want somebody to be like silence of the lambs and instead they're like half retards right you know what i mean it's not the mm. the psychologist who's an evil genius it's the fucking gardener who's half a fucking retard yeah head
12: and, and movies definitely glamorize that a lot right. you know
9: well this guy the guy on long island he's not even getting a catchy media
3: nickname they don't they not island getting story. a lot of play I watch local New York news. He's not getting a lot of play. No no one yeah. cares about the Long Island hooker murderer. Wait a minute. We just got a catchy media nickname now.
12: <laughs> but maybe the fact that he's killing hookers um, maybe has something to do with him not getting as much attention. You know, ble- like- do you agree with FS?
9: I agree with that. because. Yeah. All right, it- hold
3: on. Who was the first? Who was the first <laughs> famous serial killer? Hicks killed hookers. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. That's what started it all. So, we could be calling him uh, something like uh, Huntington Beach fucking Ripper. You know what I mean? Some kind of a fucking cool Long Island Ripper name. If we wanted it, it's there for us. We don't want it anymore. Yeah. It's Dullesville. Delv- it's, I hate to say it, it's Angel Dust. You can still have Angel Dust. Nobody cares anymore.
9: He's also not doing anything where he's like sending a letter or leaving
3: clues or only because you don't know about it. Oh, It's okay. up to them if they want to put it out there. They used to use the media for that. Maybe they're not anymore. I guarantee you there's clues that they don't let us know.
9: He's also dumping all the bodies in the same place. Mm-hmm. Where it's We're not on the beach
3: outside right? of Billy Staples's house. Hmm <laughs> uh, Here's John in uh, Rochester. You're on Runafez. fest. John, we got you, pal. I can
8: move
3: this. Uh, who's he talking to? <laughs> this is always interesting. John, are you there?
8: I can move it nine inches.
2: Maybe this guy's a killer.
3: Oh Jesus Christ! I hope not, Hicks. I don't have we do have a clue, though. They're
2: gonna start hooker and strangle in there.
3: She's a hooker. By the way, you have a crush on this Russell Brand?
12: No, I can't stand him.
3: And yet, I keep hearing that the ladies love him. Why? He's
12: so creepy looking to me, he and is. not really funny. Sorry.
3: Well, he's our next mess, but oh no, I can't wait to have him. We take him at a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I know because he's hot. And right I would now. be there. But. He's hot.
12: And I don't, I don't really get his marriage with Katy Perry. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't think they match. I don't really think that they seem like they're into each other. It's yeah. weird. It seems fake.
3: I'm even starting to call Katy Perry Gail Perry. I always forget who she is. It's just, um Hicks, is she still as hot as she was before? I'd
2: say so, yeah. People are still feeling the like Katy Perry. She's got that proactive commercial, keeps her in heavy rotation on the
3: TV. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I don't like to see close-ups of zits, though. i got to be honest with you. <laughs> so check out how nasty my face
9: is, i everyone. like, get
3: up close. And I'm like, no.
9: Boy, here's some tits, though. It also seems like when he talks about, like, the things he's given up for her, like, she's really tried to change him. Right. You know,
3: it it can't... Well, she didn't try. He, he made the changes and then got her. Okay. He had the sex addiction and then uh-huh. the addiction addiction. He had alcohol, drugs, everything. And now his point is... Now i find all those things. Everything nice happens to me. And me bull bag. Yeah, I got it. I don't get it. Him. I don't think he really talks that way. I think that's... I think he's almost like Pee Wee Herman where the character gets taken out with him.
12: Right. Which is... you Then you sort of lose the what's reality and what's not.
3: Yeah, then you become the crazy person right. who does, doesn't know who to call themselves. Um, this song sucks. It's terrible. Awful. And that this is why I can't make fun of the Friday Girl, the Rebecca Black. This is everybody's bad.
12: You're right. But so, it's for thirteen year old girls, so we shouldn't like it. If we did like it, I think you know we'd be creepy.
3: And we are creepy. We are creepy <laughs> but as societies these days. We're weird.
9: At CinemaCon, um, they, uh... What is that? Excuse me. It's, uh, it used to didn't be Show fight? West. No, no, I just... <laughs> I just, no, I just took in a big breath.
3: Oh, I didn't know what you did. I, no. uh, you said excuse me for no reason. I'm like, what happened? I thought it was another, you know, SBD. No.
9: Um, it was, uh, CinemaCon is, uh, Show West, and they were saying that, uh, Oh!
3: They changed the name of Show West? Uh-huh. Why? I'm that was n- fucking famous.
9: That was a great name, I thought.
3: Are they trying to make it more like Comic-Con?
9: Uh, yeah, I think they're trying to work
3: Con into their name. See, I didn't even know it was. I'm glad I stopped you.
9: So, uh, at CinemaCon, it's uh, studios like Warner Brothers, Sony, Universal, and Fox announcing a new on-demand service, which is going to put uh, movies available two months after they've been in the theater. So you're not waiting a long time for a DVD or for a regular on-demand New service, just um, two how months long out. does
12: it typically take once it leaves the theater? Or once it hits the theater, how long does it take? Because I, I feel like it doesn't take that long before it comes on demand.
3: No, it's like four or five months now, probably. That long? Yeah. It used to be well over a year. Uh, but Mark Cuban was in here, Fez. Uh, do you remember his interview? Uh-huh. He does it the same day. Puts them out in the theater, puts them on demand, and I think has a DVD, and then he's saying... You do whatever you want to do. Now the theater owners are furious about this, but again, they don't make movies themselves, so it's not really. How could you tell somebody else to do what, what, what they can do with their product? Right. You got a guy like Hicks; he doesn't want to go to a movie theater. I happen to like going to movie theaters, but I might be just fucking too old school for people, you know. Yeah, I prefer
2: just sitting in front of... Maybe I don't even prefer... I prefer because I've been doing it for so long just sitting in front of a computer screen and watching the fucking shitty bootleg.
3: Well, my friend... I'm going out to dinner with her tonight, too. Vera Farmiga. She said people like yourself will sit and watch it on the phone. Yeah. I don't want that. Bootleg it onto an iPod, yeah. I need the big experience for a film that I really like. I want it at the theater. Now, having said that, I'm an easier audience at home. I will... I guarantee you, if I see this author movie at the theater, I'm going to be a lot harder on it than if I'm seeing it at my house.
12: Is that because you've paid
3: more for that whole
12: experience? No, because not I'm, the yeah, I'm, I'm paying and...
3: more attention. I'm here. Now, right. if it's there, I'll get up, get a drink of water. Mm-hmm. Hey, where's that popcorn? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, well, yeah, I got to send that thing to Fez. I'm not going to be 100% into it, so I'm going to be like, yeah, it was okay. Where when you're at the theater, you kind of feel trapped and mm-hmm. like this has to be good but yeah as uh we had this just on the show
9: yeah this on demand service it'll be a i think it'll really hurt the theaters because if you get into that thing of i didn't see the new movie opening weekend it really becomes back of mind very quickly like but how does
3: that hurt the theater
9: because you can you'll be able to if, once you once it's out of your mind Right, but You'll see it two months. You, you yeah. won't feel the need to go to the theater.
3: Well, it's already like that now. If you don't see... I mean, all you got to do is look at the numbers. If you don't go the opening weekend, the chances of you going every weekend by that drop like 50 fucking percent. So it's almost like you're saying with most of these films, they should, particularly the big box office types, they should be emptying out the theaters after two weeks. Yeah, I think you'd be better off putting new movies in there.
9: Yeah, I think when it comes to movies where it's like, um, oh, shit, I forgot my thought I was going to have. I think what happens is that you just go away from it and it doesn't become so important. You can you'll say to yourself, I can wait eight weeks for this. That's easy right. But you're
3: already doing that now. You're already you. You're not going to a movie the third week out. You just don't do it. No one does it. Now, it will happen with some of the smaller movies. Mm-hmm. But in the, in the sense of G.I. Joe or something like that, their movie has to be done quickly. And then it needs to get out quickly so they can put more shitty G.I. Joe type movies in there. It's just the way that it works.
12: I don't know. I think they need kid movies. If you want people to go to the movies, kids' movies will get you know the parents to take their kids. And, you know, date movies because... Really, I watch more movies when I'm dating than any other time in my life. Right,
3: what is a date movie, Teal? Because no, I was I, I saying don't this. don't
12: even th- mean like so much, you know, like a romantic comedy that's mm-hmm. like, considered a date movie, but just in general, like, you know, if you, if you want to, tar- uh, you know, maybe target
3: people in relationships. Right, so you, would you want a smart movie then? Something that people are forced to talk about? Yeah. I would. Because yeah. I think that's the best date movie. Right. I think if you go back and go, let's say, here's some science fictions. I had to see the giant L.A., Battle L.A., right? Oh, yeah, okay. And then the much smaller source code. Okay. Now, the Battle L.A. costs more money, more shit happens, a lot more explosions. But you left there with nothing to talk about, where source code, you could be like, wait a minute, well, then how would that have happened? That I consider a date movie. But most of the movies, you can't even talk to them after. Exactly. And I was saying to Vera today, They're saying we don't like to watch women in movies. I don't think that's true. We don't like to watch these crappy, bad women movies. Right. You know, men can't sit through that.
12: Yeah, because most romantic comedies, the women who are in it, are so not... I don't identify with any of those women who are so, Oh, I gotta go find the perfect man in my wedding dress. like, I... I don't identify with it. The interesting
3: thing is if you even knew that woman in real life, you're like, she's fucking nuts. Yeah, like my sister. She (laughs) won't stop fucking talking about it. But here's the weird thing. Now, and I would agree that romantic comedies suck. But if I started to make up a list of my all-time favorite films, romantic comedies would do very well. But they're hard to find the good Mm ones, The Woody Allen ones and uh, the Billy Wilder ones. I mean, there are... The only thing that we have in life is romantic companies. Our whole life is the weirdness of people getting along. But now, 99% of what they put out in Hollywood blows. So we say we hate romantic comedies. And I feel the same way about sci-fi. If people say, do you you like science fiction? I'll be like, no. But then, if I start to go, wait, uh, Blade Runner was great, Matrix is great. I do like it when it's really done well. Um. Here is uh, Bob. Bob Yarmone Fez. Hey,
8: buddies. My only input I would have is, you know what? I have a uh, high-depth 55-inch plasma. The screen I have at home is ten times better than the crap you can see at a movie theater. Why would I spend my money to go see something fuzzy when I can get something crisp at home?
3: Again, what what film are you watching there at your house?
8: Uh, Actually, I have a bootleg of uh, Battle L.A.,
3: yeah, that's uh, to go to your house and watch Battle LA would be a fucking nightmare for me. It, I don't care how crisp and pretty it is, it's a blow job of experience. I have to I I watch a lot of uh, movies in screening rooms and they're much more comfortable and everything's nice, but it's not the same as seeing it bi- in a big theater where you're surrounded by people. There's still something to that experience. In the same way uh, give me a metal group or a hard rock group that you like.
12: Oh, I don't like metal at and, all. Uh, let's say Sabbath. Hard rock. I don't. Know. All right, let's
3: say Sabbath. Okay. If you and I and Fez sat there while Sabbath played, it was just us. It would feel insane. Right. We would not okay. be fucking jumping up <laughs> right. and yelling at them. We would feel like like the, I I hope to stop soon.
12: But it's the. Is you think that's because when people are in a, a group, they look to other people, like maybe when to laugh. There there is
3: some of that, but there's also the human experience of we are all in something together. Together, And as a matter of fact, I will go back to Battle LA, which I saw at a pre-screen, but it was with all kinds of people. So it was done in IMAX or one of those. The movie was so bad, everyone suffered through it. The first person laughed at the dialogue at about a minute 15 in. The next and it was one sole laugh of how bad is this. The next one came like two minutes later, half the theater. Th- after that, the audience started to just go crazy of like yes, fuck these people, right. they suck, and this is ridiculous. And these were also critics as well as people that had to sell the movie. And I'm like, but there was something about that of people together through themselves experience that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Paul Yarmolnitz.
8: That's hey, fun, buddy.
3: Yeah.
8: Hey, AMC's actually trying something new. Well, at least here in Jersey, they are. They have what they call dining theaters. And what it is is uh, it's a uh, normal theater. The seats are bigger, more comfortable, and they actually serve food uh, a little bit before the movie and during the movie. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get your tickets in advance, man, this thing sells out, we've gone twice already. The first time we went, we couldn't get tickets at all for two days.
3: First of all, to me, um, I don't see how, while you're watching the film, eating Friday's style food is going to make it any better. I don't want their fucking chain food. I want the movie. I don't want to sit there trying to cut a fucking porch up in the dark. <laughs> it's insane to me.
12: But how much more is the ticket? It's like ridiculously more. Like well, a it would have to be, but you like
3: know the food isn't going to be good.
12: Yeah. You might as well just get like McDonald's and bring it in because it's the same exact and thing.
3: And again, I want to do dinner and movie. I'm not trying to right. experience them both. If I'm taking a girl out, I want to talk to her after the movie. Not sit there and lean over. Hey, did you get any of those potatoes? <laughs> it's fucking insane to me. It's insane.
9: Did you get napkins? Because we're going to need a lot.
12: You know, going back to what you were saying about how you are more likely to give a movie a movie more of a chance when you're sitting at home in your living room, is that is that no, what No, I'm want, just saying more...
3: I'm going to be less involved with it. So, oh, okay. and in terms of a comedy, right. I'm going to be like and but I will say this, any kind of scary movie doesn't work on me at right. home. You know? Because
12: I think my point that I wanted to make was in the theater, I'm more willing. Like, if I watched a movie at home that sucked, I'd immediately turn it off. You know, in the theater, I'm going to sit there and be like, okay, now I have to
3: really give this a chance. You well, know? Well, again. I there... never
12: have walked out of a movie,
3: ever. You've never walked out of one? No. Well, you see, the thing is this, too, is that whether you like it or not, money adds value. True. So you are saying to yourself, I want. Not only the movie to succeed for their purposes, but for mine. I don't want a wasted night out. This is my time off, my free time. And when you have a bootleg, like Hicks has, at home, you don't give a shit about it. So, yeah, I don't think you're as connected to the films. Um, But at the same time, you know, there is something, you know, like the guy's talking about, I got pristine sound, blah, blah, blah. I still think that there's a lot to be said about the drive in experience because that's even completely different. And I not only can I watch bad movies in a drive in, I want them to be bad. Right. I wanna sit there at the fucking drive in and say bad shit about the movie. I wanna see the worst movies of all time in a drive in. I've never been to a drive in. Oh it's I fucking know. great. I have to there's I don't even know where there is any. You live in Jersey, and I know there's a couple still left in Jersey we did it a couple of years ago up in New Hampshire. There's none in Manhattan. Isn't it odd? There's no driving in
8: Manhattan.
3: Um here's uh, Ducky here on Runa Fez.
8: Hey Ron, I know I, I agree with you on going to the movie. But what about alcohol? I've gone to movie theaters with a therapy beer. Or you can sneak your own in. I've done that many times. Or we go to a drive, drive-in and uh, have your own beer there too.
3: Um yeah, what about it?
8: You don't. Uh, why don't they do that more? More of that. It's all um, just candy and popcorn and and Pepsi. And that's
3: it. Well, I guess having a liquor license and a knowing, you know, particularly you could, I guess, only do it for R-rated movies. You couldn't do it for PG-rated movies. To have a liquor license too, when you don't sell food, is always a, a, a tougher thing to uh, pull off.
9: Well, people like multiple beers. I mean, they can get the giant soda and make that last through the film. People are going to be downing beers, and what are you going to have, a waitstaff coming in during the movie?
12: Yeah, then it turns into more like a sporting event, where I think you're going to have more people calling out and being sort of disruptive, the more booze that's in them, you know? I don't, I'm not a big fan of the booze at the theater.
3: I wouldn't mind if you smoked a joint there, and we've all done that. (laughs) We've all lit up a joint at the theater. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about somebody who cares about movies, our own Crazed. Crazed.
10: Hey, what's up, Ronnie? What's up, Fezzy? And Lily. What's up, Crazed? (laughs) <laughs> how you doing Good. um i uh i uh i have to say though um um there were, i sh- i um i um got um uh, uh, there was this cab driver w- interesting job he worked for uh paramount or um one of those theater companies and he was telling me that the uh the uh, movies uh, uh, in the theaters are going to be closing in the next ten years.
3: Mm. And you heard this from a cab driver who yeah, drives on Paramount works, people.
10: But he, no, but he works for Paramount or one of those movie companies.
3: What is he? One of the big producers for them? Big now, executive? No,
10: he's like no, he's like a tech person. You okay. know, but but um, more people are buying bootlegs and things like that, and buying huge televisions and. Etc. Yeah, there's no to,
3: doubt that the. They don't
10: want to deal with the, right. um, the public or whatever. You know? Yeah, well,
3: there's no doubt about it that this is changing and changing fast. And if I was. Uh, if I had a theater, I'd be looking to do a lot more than just run. Whatever stupid su- uh, summer movies out there. Yep. I'd be going out of my way. I think they ought to be doing more retro because I will tell you this. We got a lot of places that'll play old movies here in the city and to go in and see films that you've never seen in your life. See the Wizard of Oz on a big screen. Um, I saw the Godfather at the
12: Siegfeld Theater a few years ago. It's, um, it's tremendously different, right? yeah, mm-hmm. tremendously different,
3: right? Yeah. Tremendously different experience. Amazing. Uh, I got to see Casablanca like that. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so it is something to look into and then to do other stuff. I think what Kevin Smith is doing where you bring the cast out, you talk about the film after. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, Let's that's great,
10: more. actually. Yeah. yeah.
3: So now you turn it into something for people who just like movies. The weird thing is they so often focus on people like, how do we get the people who don't care about movies to come in? We'll have more explosions. And they, they've left behind the people who care about movies. Why not market to them? Why not market to people who will show up instead of the people that it's hard to drag in? Uh the worst thing never happened to me I think to the business is when they decided adults could would watch cartoons without children and they have fucked up the business because of that. And now these are constant. On that. They are uh, constant. Yeah.
10: Uh, Ronnie, people complain that people don't shut up in the movies. I have more peop- I have more fun telling people to shut the fuck up in the movies. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can I tell you this? I remember Franklin's movie where you broke a glass in there that had your weed inside. <laughs> yep. And everybody was laughing. <laughs> All right, Crazed. All right,
10: catch you later. All
3: right. Bye. There he goes, Crazed. He's down 25 pounds. We, nice. They sent a picture of him shirtless he's fucking ripped right now nice absolutely ripped um aaron indiana you're on the running Fest show
8: hey guys uh crazy rules by the way he does he's uh, the best hey uh, i've got a drive-in theater about five miles from my house at, and i've got some young kids that uh haven't taken them to the drive-in and i just told my wife the other day i'm going to take them to the drive-in a lot this summer because i know that thing's going to go away eventually as uh, it's, it's a great experience
3: what kind of movies do you get in the drive-in near you? The first run, right?
8: First run, man. They yeah. have, they have all the uh, first run movies.
3: And what do you get? Two or three of them at a time.
8: Uh, this particular one has two screens, so I guess you have to pick. You know what what two movies they they'll show four movies, but you have to pick pick which two you want to watch that evening.
3: But you'll always get uh, a double feature.
8: Always, yeah. Yep.
3: You just um,
0: see
9: the other one by looking in the rearview mirror. <laughs>
3: Uh, here is, um, well, you also, I think, Fez, you, you don't, because I did this, like I said, a couple of summers ago, you don't get the same sound. You can't get the sound back there. I don't know why, whatever <laughs> one you pick only gets the sound from right. your screen, because this one had four or five different screens, and it wasn't really all that big. Uh, Jason, you're on Fez. Hello,
8: Lenny. I don't know why... All movie theaters aren't drive-ins. You know, you go, you sit in your own car, you don't have to see people, you light a little joint. The movie is great. Then you leave, it's over.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's great if you're in the front seat, the people in the back <laughs> true, true, aren't true. having the same experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's better than a the theater, but it is like, when I was a kid, we would go to the drive-in, and fucking party there, because Mm -hmm. no cop is going to come up on you. You're not drinking and driving. You break out fucking cases, or you're dope or whatever. Um, It was fantastic. Let's go over to um, Ernest. You're on Hey, what's up, boys? Yeah,
8: I just wanted to say that uh, the best drive-in movie of late has been the Grindhouse feature. It was a perfect drive-in movie to watch. If you watched it in the theater or DVD, it just didn't hold up.
3: Um, I saw it in the theater. I thought it was good. I well, I like Tarantino's better than Rodriguez. I was actually kind of tired Damn. by the time Tarantino's movie uh came on. Um but he I mean that thing he did make it like a drive in. I mean he even had the the broken shit and all you know, like the fucking film was all uh screwed up. Uh J.R. Austin, you're on the Fez.
8: Hey Ronnie B. The uh, Alamo Draft House here in Austin has this shit down. They may show Smokey and the Bandit one night with a semi canned coolers outside for people to drink from. They may have a freaking Beastie Boys sing along one night, and then the best was they had they showed Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan and fucking Nimoy and JJ Abrams showed up uh, instead, and they showed everyone the new Star Trek. Good shit. I
3: think it's brilliant, and I think they have done a great job of. They're saying we're not just sitting here uh, showing movies we're planning an event and that people can go to the movies and have an only that night experience it's the same way you would with a uh, concert hall um, here is uh, Dan Toronto you're on Fez.
8: hey Ronnie B. Uh, just uh, the the beer in the theaters I got a buddy who uh, works at one of those places that they serve and probably one of the reasons they don't do it most often is these animals will just piss in their cups and leave them uh, on the floor after the, yeah. after the
3: movie Drunk people will fuck things up for drinkers. Um, here's uh, Bruce, Sherman and Fez. Yeah, I
8: read an article, Ron, some months back that some of uh, some of the movie, I guess, companies were thinking about printing up DVDs and selling them in the lobby, especially for kids' movies, because you got your kid on the way out. Oh, I, wanna, I want the DVD, I want Rango, I want to take it home, so that they could uh, boost DVD sales right off the back of the movie.
3: Again, I don't know why the theater would do that, though. They don't get well, any of the DVD sales.
8: I don't think it was... Well, I don't think it was the theater. It was the production company, and I imagine they would probably cut a deal, you know, just like retail DVD sales. I mean, Walmart gets, you know, a market. Yeah, I
3: know, but if it's only set out, they'll hurt the theaters. They're going to have to do something.
12: Well, they do that with music now. Like, if you go to a, a concert, you can sometimes get, you know, the the actual live download or on some sort of right, like phone but, drive or something but
3: a CD doesn't keep you from going to a live concert you know what I mean like the thing is the theater people are saying all we have is the movies and here's the problem that's all they really have there you always think to yourself why don't they do stand up shows at a fucking theater why don't they do fucking concerts at a theater you got the setup, but they only do the same shit over and over and over and now people are going well we'd rather stay home uh, Zito, could you resend that crazy picture to me? I can't find it. We'll try to get that up on Two Hundred Two Friends in the next couple minutes. Brenda, you're in running fez. Brenda, damn, she knew uh, Jersey drive-ins feel. Oh. Try to get her back. Uh, Chuck, you're in running fez.
8: Hey Ronnie, uh, where I grew up, there was a drive-in called a Park Drive-in. They showed X-rated movies. And people go up there in the summertime, man. It was the biggest party. There'd be people banging in the back of pickup trucks here. People moaning and groaning and cars rocking. And it was a great big party. It's closed now, but...
3: Yeah, I wonder how white people end go. up feeling superior. It's always <laughs> shocking to me. Uh, let's go over here to Chris. Chris, you're on Ronnie. Yeah.
8: Let me start off by saying you sound like a trillion five.
3: Oh, nice. Wow.
8: And uh, Fezzy, you're sitting on about a buck 380.
9: Okay, Hicks. what can we do for you?
8: Hicks, I any. got my high pressure sodiums going. In two weeks, I will have the the bombish tree for you.
3: Are you interested, Hicks?
8: HPS, I got my high That's pressure sodiums. That's what's up, sodiums. I
3: need a <laughs> He needs a But anyhow, I got a spy report, Ron. Alright, uh, let me finally run around to spy report. Spy report, spy report, spy report.
1: Go
8: ahead. Bronx Zoo pulls a Jose Conseco with the Cobra.
3: But what are you saying? There was a, a, doc, a
8: different. A doctor at of UCLA, Dr. Richard Geitz, compared pictures and has confirmed that the Bronx Zoo has, in fact, pulled a Jose Conseco and swapped out with a stunt double.
3: That is unbelievable. I would start firing the shit out of people if this and, is true.
8: Ronnie Buffalo loves you.
3: And guess what? I love Buffalo. That's why I was, uh, you know, pushing the new movie today, uh, Henry's Crimes. Hey, Henry, Henry's Crimes all takes place in Buffalo. A uh, new film out, uh, Landmarks Theaters. I know have it this weekend. I don't know where it would be playing in Buffalo. I would look close though. Uh, let's go over here to. Um, let's go to Alex. Show running Fez.
0: Hey, Ron. Hey, guys. Hey. Um,
8: I see the the NPAA seems to be like the biggest problem with. The movie theaters, because when I was a kid, you know, go to the theaters, see movies like Hoodlum and stuff like that. At 16, I don't want to see Toy Story or, you know, something like that. I, I think they're forcing out all the young kids. That's really hurting them.
3: Um, well, you know, I never really understood a lot of those ratings anyway. And what about the parents? Come on, you know what kind of fucking movie you're seeing. And I do remember with the drive-ins when I was younger that you could be driving down the road with your parents going somewhere else, Going past Naaman's Creek and look out the window and see giant tits. You can see it from the fucking highway. I'm not even fucking making that up. They didn't make a big deal out of it. Now it's like, oh my God, my children saw tits. So we're going to have them fucking sent away. But we can see people's heads explode and bodies, that doesn't bother. guts. And- yeah, that doesn't no. bother anyone. But oh my God, that the fucking lies about the Super Bowl nipple. It started, yeah. uh, seriously... We are as lame as people can get. Now, going back, and this is a, another fucking thing where, how strange we got. Russell Brand, your hero, the man that you said that you love more yeah. than anyone else, you're crazy about him. You uh-huh. go like this hold up a uh, picture of Russell Brand and make me kiss it for the magazine, <laughs> which I don't want to do. Um, he has signed up for this new, the, um, 80s fucking glam rock movie. Okay. Tom Cruise is doing it, and they're playing it over in Broadway right now. Yeah, Rock of Love? Is rock that... of Love or something like that. Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. Rock of Love is the reality show. And again, it's spreading the glee thing as far as we possibly can. Everything has to be fucking Gleeified in this country. If I had a better name for USA, it would be Jesus Glee. And we would just call ourselves Jesus Glee, and that would be the end of us. I'm fucking uh, nuts with it. Uh, by the way, coming up in just a matter of moments, and I will let you know, two or two friends will have the picture of the new improved crazed. He's ripped, lost 25 pounds, sporting it, talking louder, walking prouder. Crazed. Love it. Love it. Crazed. Um, people are bringing up places that you can see. There's websites that you can check. There's Jersey Drive-It's. I didn't even know that. You know why? Because you're staying over there in that goddamn Albanian <laughs> fucking conclave of yours.
12: Oh, God, I can't get out of there quick enough.
3: How's the dad's restaurant doing? Well,
12: Yeah, It's still going strong. Maybe possibly opening up another.
3: Will this be the first time he's t- took the name in like that?
12: Um, yeah, it'll be. I mean, he's had only one restaurant for 25 years, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of work, so I don't know how he's going to do another one. You
3: could run it. Yeah. Now where was he gonna open it, in the city?
12: Uh he's Captured yeah, thinking about this New York City and uh, also Jersey the the shore, but like the
3: nice shore, not snooky Jersey Shore. Well here's the problem though, what do you do during the winter at Jersey Shore?
12: Well there's a lot of people who live down in that area, like the Rumson oh. area you
3: know makes me nervous.
12: Pointy nerv- toity people down there. Lots a lot of money down there.
3: I will let you know when the picture is up. And it is gonna be crazy. It's not gonna be Russell Brand, even though they're both looking the same. We got three minutes left in the show and I hope we get it up on two or two, friends. Keep checking in. Keep checking in. Maybe we need to do a caption contest. I don't know. But I know we're all proud of Crazed right now. Um, let's go to Randy. Randy in Jersey.
8: Hey, how you doing? Um you know, actually there are no working drive ins in Jersey. The closest one is like ten minutes over the border in Warwick, New York. Hmm. That's open in the middle well, of so I think it just feel. open. For the year, and it's only like eight bucks, like you said, two movies, and it's it's great.
3: Now, is it eight bucks a head or eight bucks a car? A- eight bucks a head, yeah. And supposedly there's one in South Jersey.
8: Uh, I haven't heard about that. I think if you go to com, and list them, but I, didn't, I haven't heard about that one in Jersey. All
3: right. Um, well, the one in Warwick is not too far for yeah, you. Yeah, I can do that. You can pile as many uh, fucking Albanians <laughs> as you can. Fezzy, has going to been great to have Lily here today. I
9: love Lily. Oh.
3: I love that you're always reading her studies. You've given her a couple of different studies today, and she needs to know studies.
12: Yeah. I don't study
9: enough.
3: Look, if it came out of City College, <laughs> you know it's a serious... Um, you know what it takes to get into City College right now, Fez? Now what? Your own pen. Right now they're saying to people, I'm sorry, you've been rejected, you can't go to the school. That's a number two pencil. You need a pen. We're going to be doing cursive. Um, boy, we're having a tough time getting that crazed update. We have only moments left in the show today. And let's go over here to uh, Snowy in Michigan. You're on my Hey,
8: guys. How's it going? I know this might upset Hicks, but I think the idea of serving alcohol in a theater is horrible. It's bad enough to deal with people talking and futzing around on their freaking cell phones. Get them all drunk and blitz. That's all I need, a drunken person rambling out behind me.
3: We are, uh, yeah, I understand that. We're one minute away and going to 202, friends, to get the picture. We'll put it up over here if we can see it. Uh, Michael, you're on the Rene Fez show.
10: Hey, Ron, 232 checking in. Uh, yeah, Vineland, New Jersey, there's a drive-in theater. It's eight bucks a head, double feature, and for $7 per car, you can bring your own food in.
3: See ya. Um well who can stop you? How are they gonna know whether you got your own food or not? Right. Real quick, we only got like 30 seconds left. We're at the end of this. I gotta see this picture. Yeah. Tag teaming out one after another. <laughs> Two there he is. Holy shit is he ten now. He looks great. He looks fantastic. Did he also get a tan? <laughs> Crazed is up and taking that schoolgirl picture of himself in his own mirror crazed ripped i will i wouldn't even have recognized him is he looks fantastic face? what's that is that he, a duck face yeah he's duck facing <laughs> a little bit he's like sexy lips looking your way fez read out your congratulations today
9: congratulations to i am Scottrow. he won for follow monday following ray wagner Uh, He picked up a signed DVD from Kevin Smith, Jay and Silent Bob, Strike Back. And special congratulations to JBS2763, winner of the Ron and Fez group in our March Madness brackets, winning a Bill Walton signed basketball. Congratulations, JBS2763.
3: Lily... it was great seeing you. I'm glad that you're back. Thank you.
12: It's you feels know, you good to be back.
3: Stop over anytime you want now.
12: Cool. Do you need a new intern? Because <laughs> you guys
3: are a man short. We're more than a man <laughs> short. We're <laughs> a man short when, we're, when we got everything running. Well, you and Fez will sit down and talk. Okay. You and Fez will have that conversation. I watched the- uh anything else for us to plug fuzzy we all done anything on tv tonight anything we all need to be watching
9: well uh let's see idols back on tonight songs from the rock and roll hall of fame oh
3: that should be fantastic did you see who
12: was here today Who's from that? idol i saw the chick the naima chick who got kicked off
3: i would love to see her in I'm real pretty life pretty
12: sure that was her walking down the hall or yeah they always the have the
3: idol uh vote outs they go on hits one and where else do they go zito where do the vote outs go
7: uh, they mainly just go to hits one and sometimes out-cue.
3: but I noticed they've never even offered us, right?
7: I don't think so, no,
3: I've never for years I've seen them in the building yeah, and no one ever will ever even say like there's some kind of special deal that they have, but yeah, so you probably did see her mm-hmm. and I love her look. she's yeah. a crazy woman very pretty, yeah,
12: very pretty girl.
3: Great singer and would always bring in Africa and the islands to every single yeah. song Afro beat yeah, you, yeah, you couldn't just do a song like that. <laughs> Uh, that's it. All done. I love to watch things on We'll see you guys tomorrow. Hey uh, that's the yeah, Dubai show donks. Satellite of love. satellite of love. satellite of love. sat